Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 352. It's June 3rd, 2015. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. <clears throat> I'm Alan Malventano. Ken's back, everybody. He's uh, he's in the ether spot now where you can only hear him and you'll never see him. Um, so that's good for everybody, I think. Well, he cracks cameras, so... Yeah, it's, all the cameras are strategically placed with so no, nothing ever points mm-hmm. over in Ken's direction, even you when he's at his I'm normal desk. And white. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is a busy week for us here. Just a little. Uh, Computex is going on in Taipei. Uh, this marks the third year in a row of me not attending Computex. Yay! Which Much rejoicing. Yeah, after 11 straight years of going to Computex. <laughs> I think it's four years. You think this is the fourth? Might be the fourth. I think 2011 was mm. last year. I'll have to check my mm. passport. Um, and guess what? We still have just as much content on the site. Yeah, maybe more. Um, so Computex is going on. So you know there's lots of news going there, but there's other things that are happening yes. uh, as well. Because as it turns out, we do the show on Wednesday, mm-hmm. which means it's been about seven days since we recorded it. By the way, we do record the show every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific uh, at pcper.com slash live. You can go there. You can join us. We've got a chat room. There are people hanging out. You can ask questions, offer feedback. Jeremy gives you the links as we go to all the stories that we talk about. Uh, if it's really hard for you to remember, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, you can always go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You sign up for uh, this little mailing list here that uh, asks for your name and your email address. And all we do is send you reminders about those live streams when they're coming on. Now, we did we do it for the podcast. And we also do it um, for any of our other streams that we do. Like last week, we did a uh, live stream with Logitech mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we gave away some prizes and talked about products and stuff like that. So if you don't want to miss out on that, go to pcper.com slash subscribe. Sign up there. Subscribe. pcper.com slash subscribe. Yeah. And sign up there. Super easy to do, and uh, we don't spam you. At least we try not to, I guess. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, we didn't have this in the show notes, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it because uh, it needs to be mentioned that Fallout 4 released a trailer today. Sweet. I know, Jeremy, you're excited about this. Yep, I hope. You hope what? Uh-oh. My connection clears up. Canadian packets. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like there it did clear up. There you go. <clears throat> I just hope they don't screw it up. I'm a little bit worried about Bethesda lately. They've gone off the meds. Look, like the last real game they released was Skyrim, right? True. I mean, and then that's a pretty awesome game. Uh, can I? Can I admit something? You've and only played the first better? five minutes of I Skyrim. I never played 3, Fallout times. Three. What? Never played it at all. I never played Fallout. Are 3 we confused about it because you watch Fallout Three videos or something? I'm not confused about anything. Are we the rest of us? Why? Because we, we heard Fallout Three coming from your desk or Fallout in general or something. No, Fallout Four. No. That was the Fallout Four trailer announcing coming out today. All right. I'm talking about. I mean, I, pl- I only played like a few hours of it, but at least I played it. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah. play any of it. Hmm. I played ten minutes just so I can get to an area to benchmark. Yeah, see, that sounds like something I would have done, but and I don't think watched, I ever actually did that. And then you watched the next minute of it 3,000 times. Yes. Yep. You know, running through that initial broken city right after you get out of the vault, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. You got that down. Jeremy, do you think that is a game I should go back and play? Do you think that still stands up today? Uh, yeah, especially considering the mods that don't involve making your main character naked are actually pretty impressive. <laughs> Most so, of the mods, unfortunately, are about making people naked. So just like Skyrim, got it. If, if anybody, yeah, if anybody has, like, if you've never played Fallout 3 before and you're going to play it, here's what you install and here are the mods that we would recommend to either make the user interface better or the graphics better. There's Send me that information. Somewhere. Why yeah, do you need mods? Just play it like everyone else. Well, well to, like, to improve the graphics. If, if, stuff, I wanna, right? if, if I'm going to get the experience, this is, I mean, I've waited, I don't know when that game came out, six years ago, seven years ago. It's been a long time since Fallout yeah, 3 came out. Yeah, Vegas was newer. But. Yeah, New Vegas, I know everybody gets uh, has a lot of claim for. So uh, if you didn't check that out, uh, Jeremy did post uh, up on uh, PCPro.com, welcome to post-apocalyptic Boston. Please do not feed your dog Nuka-Cola, uh, because there's a dog in the trailer. I'm not going to play any of it, so they don't take our video down. <laughs> but uh, it looks good. It looks interesting. Um, really, I think it kind of looks like crap. Why? I don't know. Maybe I was just hoping for a more pop in the graphics rather than a step back. Okay, I, I think the what is it a step back from? Well... Actually, if you watch the the first Fallout Three, I mean everything is more day glow in the new one. Everything. Well, I, I don't every, know. Every, is it art direction versus technology? Yeah, it might be yeah. that. All the comments I've seen have been that there's color in Fallout Four in this trailer. There was never much color in Fallout Three, but that was added in New Vegas. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it'll look fine. I don't know what they're doing engine wise. But, um, Hopefully all new, considering the problems their engines have had. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've had eight years to fix Skyrim or six years to fix Skyrim, I don't know. I keep saying these years. I don't know how Skyrim long Skyrim was like three years ago. Oh, 2011. Yeah, it's been four 11, years. 11, 11, 11. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so check out that trailer if you have it. Another reason uh, to be impressed with, with games, and they're, and they're awesome. And also uh, this. This I thought was a really funny... Um, uh, image to show who's the who's the guy who's that uh without the face there ron paul is that ron paul <laughs> not rand paul ron not paul. Rand paul. Yes. Okay. No. gotcha just making sure not uh, your beautiful senator yeah exactly exactly so let's get into some of the stuff that actually happened we're going to get into like our reviews that are kind of not computech specific we're going to go through these quicker than normal uh, because of how much stuff we have to talk about first thing is the nvidia shield this is uh a you might be confused. You might think, hey, Ryan, the NVIDIA Shield came out like three years ago. Yep, sure did. It's this little portable handheld device that has a screen on it and a controller. And you would be right, except now you are wrong. Because they renamed it. Yeah, that is now the Shield Portable. And then at GDC, they announced, as I reach across the table, this, which is the NVIDIA Shield, which, as you can see, has no screen on it. So it's not a tablet. It's not a portable device. It mm-hmm. is a set-top box. Yep. Really thin one. It is a Tegra X1 Android TV set-top box uh, that is actually pretty pretty interesting. So at, at Google I.O. this past week, they kind of officially unveiled the full release of Android mm-hmm. TV, which is uh, maybe a competitor to Apple TV. It's kind of a competitor against Apple TV, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, or Fire TV, kind of even Chromecast of those, to a certain degree. Any of those things. It's basically trying to get an operating system and smart TV functionality – to you in a better fashion than you can get with like Samsung Smart TV functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the device itself is it's pretty slick looking. Um, this little bit gr- uh, glows green. I'll see if I can. Let me, where's that picture in the uh, 
in the story here. So you can see like the, the main accessories here. Uh, we've got the shield standing up. We've got the remote control there, and then obviously the game controller. To be to note, um, it comes with the controller. It does not come with the remote, which I think is kind of a letdown. And the remote's like fifty dollar add on, so that's not a a cheap um, add on price. So I think it's kind of important to uh, the experience of the device. Like I said, it has Tegra X1, which means it has two hundred fifty six CUDA cores uh, based on Maxwell architecture, sixty four bit processors. It's a uh, Cortex A fifty seven plus A fifty three. 3 gigs of RAM. Uh, Connectivity-wise, you got gigabit Ethernet, 802.11ac, 2x2. you got two USB 3.0 ports. Um, you have HDMI output. You have what is that, micro USB in for like connecting to your laptop or your PC if you want to do side-loading of applications and stuff. You can do that. And then there's a micro SD card slot there for expansion. They are going to sell two options, actually, the, uh, a 500-gig model and a 16-gig model. So the 500-gig model has a 2.5-inch hard drive, spinning mm-hmm. drive inside there. I, I think it's a hybrid drive. Oh, you think it's a hybrid drive? I think I read it's a hybrid drive. Okay, yeah, that, that might be two. Um, so for $100 more, you get 500 gigs of storage. Yep. Uh, otherwise, you get 16 gigs, and you're pretty much going to have to, unless you only do streaming media, you're going yeah, to have to put, have to put card something in there. in there, even if you're installing games. There's a, a pretty good shot, I think, of uh, when the green light is illuminating it there. It looks it looks neat. Yeah. That thing right here in front of that is an IR receiver. So it actually work with smart remotes, other uh, like the Harmony. They have, a, they, have a profile they have a profile already set up for oh, it. NVIDIA okay. built the profile, right? So it'll do all that stuff. Sweet. And, and apparently... Um, it's part of one of the it's one of the Android TV kind of functions is that almost all remotes I mean cuz you can see how simplistic this remote control is right it's got it's basically four directions oh, and so, enter yeah. button yeah, and there's, back there's not a lot of buttons to map right. really so yeah. like TV remotes will be able to run Android TV okay. uh, and that type of stuff so that's so that's that's pretty nice here's a picture of the of the remote it's a really nice remote uh, in the middle here it's kind of a capacitive touch for volume control which mm-hmm. is nice although i think most people are going to use I don't want to say most, but a lot of people will be using like receivers, so you won't control volume directly on that. Yeah. Um, all the same functionalities that you've seen in other Shield devices, where it's got a, uh, a headphone jack on the bottom of it, so you, if you want to do like private listening or your yeah, I thought that wife's was cool. asleep on the couch and you want to listen to something, you can just do that. So mm-hmm. it's it sends the audio back through the the wireless devices. I think that's cool considering how thin that like it's a really thin remote, like it's almost too thin for the. You know, for the headphone jack. Yeah, it is, actually. Uh, Performance-wise, I didn't run a whole lot of stuff on here. This is not like a phone or a tablet where I feel like that's important, although it is important. It's just this device is so much further ahead, the Tegra X1 processor, than anything else in the kind of SOC market. It's not really a fair comparison because this is always plugged into power. Yeah, It has a fan in it. Uh, it doesn't have to worry about battery life, so mm-hmm. it can just kind of run at full speed all the time. And the result is like scores like this, where you know, just a quick look at 3D Mark, comparing it to some of the other devices that are out there: Apple iPad Air 2, uh, the Nexus 9 Shield tablet that has used Nvidia's last generation Tegra K1 processor, and you can see like the huge difference there in graphics performance, uh, which is utilized at the very least for gaming stuff, which yep. I'll mention real fast. Uh, Android TV. This is really the first device to use Android TV. Uh, I encourage you to go look at this review and watch the video that Alan and I did because we kind of walked through the Android TV interface. It's, it is essentially a new version of Android that brings you apps in a, in a way that it tries to intelligently make TV watching experience better. So mm-hmm. you can run a whole bunch of stuff, but you know the important ones like Netflix and Hulu uh, are there. A- HBO is not there yet, but that will be there this summer. That interface is smooth like butter. Apple had that tied into... Uh, 
an exclusive time period yeah. for a little while, but that'll be there soon. Yeah, but that interface is just so... It ran fantastically well. It comes yeah. pre-installed with Plex. Uh, NVIDIA did that. Like, they pre-installed Plex mm-hmm. on it. So if you have a Plex server, uh, it's super easy to, you know, put your login information there and add it, and you can stream all of your content there. The important part here, and I think one of the things that stands out, is this is a 4K-ready device, which... 4K 60, like that HDMI port is HDMI 2.0. So if you have a HDMI 2.0, HDCP 2.2 compliant device, TV, it'll work, yeah. it'll work with it. Now, Which finding might, those is harder than you yeah, might think yeah, right that now. That might take some research. You got to, because just, just saying 4K is, is one thing. Just yeah. saying HDMI is one thing. Yeah. But to know it's HDMI 2 and that the TV is not only HDMI 2, but also properly supporting full. Yeah, because you, know, you have to support color. HDCP. Uh, and all that type of stuff to yeah. – uh, I, I did get Netflix 4K streaming running. Mm-hmm. looks awesome. Uh, but I didn't have any 4K Plex content on there. But you could go to YouTube and, and watch 4K content as well. It cool. works really well. Everything everything is nice. The gaming side of it is pretty much what we've talked about for the tablet and the portable, except this is just faster, right? Mm-hmm. So this launched with uh, the native Android version of Doom 3 BFG Edition, for example, and we played some of that. And it's pretty awesome i played some crossy road on it which you can play with the remote which is pretty cool doom ran at 60 no problem like doom ran at t- doom it looks good for what it was 60 frames per second <laughs> and it's good and I there's, mean, it's, and there's it's a bunch game, of other games but, coming know. out uh, metal gear rising revengeance borderlands pre-sequel war thunder was out there's a resident evil i think it's resident evil 5 based on the logo there uh, that's coming out and of course you've got like the half-life 2 and portal that we yeah. know about it was already in there the past uh, but they, you know, there they say there are more of these coming out. So this is this is a screenshot from Doom Three. I mean, it's it's Doom Three. It's a ten year old game. Yeah, but it's still pretty cool that this is running natively on this. Is this going to replace an Xbox One or yeah. PS Four? No, not with that not type really. of stuff. But you can do game streaming with it, like yep. local network GeForce game streaming. So if you have a PC with a GTX graphics card on your network, mm-hmm. you hook this up to your TV in your living room. Yep. And you can stream all of your games over to it, you know, and use a controller or use a keyboard and mouse if you want to as well. Uh, and, it, and it does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. It's got hardwired networking capability in there built in. So if you want lowest latency possible, you get some of that. It's a pretty good device for that. It can do grid streaming as well. It, which is, is the max for game stream still 1080p? I think so. Okay. I think so. Uh, and they did, and, and NVIDIA did announce the 1080p 60 version of grid right. as well that I think will start next month. So all that capability is built into this. It's just not the only device that could do that. It just happens to do it best or better than anything else I've seen. Uh, 16 gig version is $199. 500 gig version is $299. You get $30 of Google Play credit free. I think that's a limited time thing. The uh, Android remote, or the, I'm sorry, the Shield remote is $49. Yeah. The stand itself is $29. Both those accessories are kind of expensive considering what they are. Stand is just... Stand like is a piece of piece metal. Of plastic it's a metal. well. It's metal. It's it's oh. it's nicely made, yeah. but it's still just a piece of metal for thirty bucks. And, and I and I said in the review this should have been included because this is what this is what would make my wife try to use it at the very least, yes. like try to accept it and use it as part of the multimedia system. It is WAF using using a controller. Yeah, yeah. wife approved. Wife acceptance factor. Oh, okay. WAF. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? The there's something else in there about that. Uh, no HBO support yet. Not yet, but probably coming. No Amazon Prime support yet. Right. And that's kind of interesting because they have their own competing platform. I don't, I don't know. Amazon Showtime. might give in. And, Showtime's uh, coming out with their own. Is it? Okay. Let, Next but, month. 
like you can get you can download the ESPN app and run that, and you can put Sling Media on there, so mm-hmm. you can get Sling TV, uh, so you could download watch ES. You know, if you don't you have watch cable whatever you got, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's as close as we've gotten to kind of like one device that can handle a total disconnect from. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- oh, that was the other thing. Over the air channels. This is going to support the home run. Oh, is that yeah. the brand? Yeah. Is that the model? The home H- run HD home tuners, run thing. HD home run tuners that are network based tuners. Mm-hmm. So you can put the tuner anywhere in your house as long as it has an Ethernet connection. Yeah, I thought it was interesting they they support those, but they didn't mention anything about the USB ones. The USB ones that are coming out for the Xbox, I don't think will be supported right. on Even Android Even though there TV. is a USB port, but for some reason, like well, they don't want to have to write Android drivers for TV tuners. Well, yeah, yeah that that may be like, the issue. Right? Is that's probably it. And maybe maybe somebody will do that eventually. But uh, for now, like if you get one of those HD home runs that's network based, yeah. you install the app for this, then you just and, watch it. and it'll work. And it has DVR functionality, so you can record. Uh, like if you get that 500 gig hard drive version, or you can hook up any kind of external hard drive to this. So that will record locally the streams over the air. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it comes up with a guide and everything. And yeah, the demo of it was pretty cool. It should be out, wow. I think, in July. Go ahead, Ken. Huh. Well, Look, you're pondering. So. There's both an over-the-air and cable card HD home run network device. Uh, as far as I know, it's only over-the-air. Yeah, I think it was just the over-the-air. We, we oh. talked about that in the video, I think. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It, I think if, if, if it were work. to support a cable card, they would have said that. Hmm. So maybe there's something in the way the app works and how it works yeah. with this system. It doesn't work, but it, it's over-the-air, which for where I live is maybe not that important. But if you live in like New York City or San Francisco, maybe you can get a lot more channels than we can get here. So... Uh, any, any, we've heard Alan and I's thoughts in that video. You guys have any thoughts on what this device is, kind of, in its totality for today? That's enough. It's an interesting aside <clears throat> from, uh, you know, things like the Fire TV and that mm-hmm. what Amazon was it Amazon that That's has the Fire, Fire TV, TV or yeah. Fire Stick, you know, both. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, going to be more expensive, but it's. It's an HTPC. You can put all kinds of new and interesting apps on it as they come available. Yeah. It's got beefy graphics. Mm-hmm. That's more than adequate for, you know, I think what it costs. I, I, I think I think the cost will be the hardest part there. One ninety nine considering Fire T V stick is like thirty dollars. The Fire T V is like sixty to seventy dollars. <clears throat> Apple T V was ninety nine dollars. None of yep. them have all the functionality that this offers, mm-hmm. but it's still significant price increase. Maybe they just need a batshit crazy spokesman who like yeah, talks to lamps. Yeah, he can, they can make websites on. Oh, Squarespace. lamp. Wait, no, that oh, was Jeff Bridges. Pants. You're thinking, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, so, several of these stories I'm just going to mention and tell you guys to go look at peacebird.com because we're trying to speed things up. One of which is Lee's review of the Corsair Graphite Series 780T White Full Tower Case. Um, you can see a picture of it here if you haven't seen it. Unique design, a lot of the Corsair essentials that you're used to seeing, fairly modest pricing, lots of uh, of room and capability for stuff. But uh, if you're interested in that review, uh, go to PCBird.com. We have it listed there already. Uh, let's go into uh, our, another product that I think will take a little bit more time, the GTX 980 Ti, mm-hmm. launched on Sunday evening. Uh, kind of like the day before, two days before Computex actually started. This one's actually easier to summarize than I thought it was going to be. Take a GeForce GTX Titan X. Uh huh. Take away six gigs of memory. Okay. Leaving six gigs of memory. Sure. Subtract 256 
CUDA cores. Uh, which is not that many out of the uh, total. 30,072 right. is what the Titan X had. This so has 2,816. I just said 256. You're trying to think of a ratio? Yeah, it's like, what, 10%? Addi- addition is like hard. Like 8%? It's 8%? Something like that. Okay. Uh, but the GPU boost clock speeds run 40 to 50, per- 40 to 50 megahertz, not percent, megahertz faster in my testing with this than uh, on the Titan X. Okay. The result is a graphics card that looks identical except for the colors. You can see in this picture, but performs identical in essentially every test. Um, okay. To the Titan X. So, I mean, it is, if you look at the specifications here, you can see 2816 CUDA cores instead of 3072. The same rated clock speeds in terms of base and boost. Uh, but in practice, if you actually look at the results, they're, they're a little bit higher. Uh, texture units also drop uh, in con- you know, along with the um, shader units. ROPs are the same. Memory bus is still 384 bits. Uh, so all that stuff still matches up. Still 250-watt TDP. The peak compute goes down a little bit because of the shaders. Are the base clocks actually the same on both and just like... The, the base clocks are the same, but you almost never hit that base clock. Right. Well, what I mean is like, so how does it end up... If they have the same numbers, mm-hmm. is it just due to temperature that the other one runs faster? Um, so if, if you look really detailed into the spec sheet, yeah. this has a thermal threshold of 92C. The GPU that they use on the Titan X had a thermal threshold of 91C. Oh. And they basically, when I asked about this, they were kind of like, well, we don't really, you know, whatever, we don't really want to say. They tweaked the, the BIOS, the VBIOS, just a little bit. Okay. Okay, to, to get the extra clocks out of it. But what they don't want people to do is trying to take G, uh, GTX 980 Ti VBIOS and flashing it back to their Titan X to get that extra Ooh. speed. That would probably end badly. They don't want to do that. Uh, the most important part here is this bottom line of this table where it talks about the MSRP. The MSRP of the Titan X is $999. The MSRP of the GTX 980 Ti is $649. $649. $649. So $350 less for the 980 Ti than the Titan X. And that is less than, I think, anybody Yeah, if you want to see an idea of the ratio of how uh, the, the shader core count differs, look at this graphic here where I took... The GM200, this is the full GM200 GPU die, and I kind of blacked out these two yep. uh, SMMs. And there you go. They have an idea of what the ratio of, mm-hmm. of uh, disabled cores is. And that probably helps them produce them a little bit easier, right? Because they could just bend them out. And yeah, go, they're, they're bidding some. Hey, this one has some bad shaders. Okay, yep. well, we'll make it a 980 Ti. I know some people are going to complain. There's no backplate on this card still. You, it's still a bare PCB. The EVGA retail card we have in does have a backplate built into it, so it all depends on, on what you get there. It's the exact same cooler. It's the exact same fan curve even in the... Uh, uh, default fan in, curve. In the VBIOS, right? Still the same default fan curve. Same connection types, DVI, 3DP, and 1 HDMI. Same SLI support. What about the power connectors? Same power connectors, 1-8 oh. pin, 1-6 uh, pin. Um, all right. So it's... it's. I mean, it's there. Like, So I'll, I'll show you one benchmark because... I. Just to kind of prove what we're looking at here, this is GTA 5 mm-hmm. running at 2560 by 1440 and 4K. And if you look at this line, uh, there's these graphs here, the black and blue lines as I trace over here. They look like they're intertwined. Yeah, those. that's the Titan X and the 980 Ti. So basically... And at 4K, you see the same thing here, right? The black and the blue lines are intertwined. Oh, huh. all right. And, uh, you know, obviously this orange mess is the 295X2, as you would... 
come to expect. So here's this table at the bottom that shows you that. Like all these numbers are in relation to the 980 Ti where it's compared to the GTX Titan X. A 0% difference or a 0.5% difference so, in I mean, average frame rates. Where does that even leave as a reason to get a Titan X? Just you need the extra 6 gig for some You need the extra 6 stuff? gig. So computer... Computer. Compute CUDA stuff? Compute yeah. could theoretically... You might have a data set that is larger More than, than 6, 6 gig. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Josh, it. go ahead. Deep learning. Yeah. Deep learning. Sure. Exactly. But, but what's... It's That'll create large data sets. It, yeah, you're right. It could. But yeah. what's interesting is that the original Titan advantage over the other cards was that it had double precision compute capability. And the Titan X doesn't have right. a, a higher ratio to double Crap. precision compute com- than any of the GeForce cards. It's actually pretty poor. It's like 124th. Right? Yeah. And that's, they're fine with that. Um, in general, compared to the GTX 980, mm-hmm. this card is between 25 and 35% faster. <laughs> Right. Okay. Compared to the Radeon R9 290X, which is the fastest AMD single GPU card, you're looking anywhere between 40 and 45, sometimes 50% faster. Okay. And then the R9 295X2 is a huge mess of, like, I mean, this this is GTA 5 is a perfect example. At 25 by 14, um, the the 980Ti is 17% faster, but at 4K, it's 13% slower. Huh. Depending on how the the crossfire scaling works, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to determine that. And like I think I saw the 295x2 as much as 40 percent faster than the 980 Ti, but I've seen it as much as you know 25 percent lower than that as well. So you're so, kind of all over the place just due to the crossfire yeah, yeah. thing, right? Uh, go check out the review if you're interested in the overclocking. It was pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, very similar to what we saw with the Titan X. Power consumption identical, noise testing identical. Uh, and one last bit of uh, like performance data I'll show you is NVIDIA was very keen on like, hey, this is an upgrade path for users that had a 680 mm-hmm. or users that had a 780 Ti. Mm-hmm. They're that, that type of user, that flagship user. Uh, and this is kind of what you see in Battlefield 4. Green line is the new 980 Ti. Orange line is the 780 Ti. And the black line here is 680. So I'm running SLI 680s. Right. And that's basically one card would do the same as well. yeah in theory if you look at the table uh we're seeing any it's it's about a hundred percent faster yeah which would be 2x uh over a 680 yeah. at 25 by 14 and compared to 780 ti it's about 35 percent faster mm-hmm. than a 780 ti so that's pretty impressive this this is launching 50 dollars less than the gtx 780 ti launched at 780 ti launched at 699 i don't remember what the 680 launched at i'm gonna guess 699 as well I don't know. Somebody can look that up and put us in the chat. I think there. it was five ninety nine. I think it was five ninety nine. <clears throat> the GTX six eighty. Six eighty. Five ninety nine. Okay. Um, it will come with a free copy of Batman Arkham Knight. How much so, does that cost? Uh, uh, Sixty bucks or fifty bucks or All something. Right. So, uh, any uh, any better hopes for uh, like overclocking, water cooled with the voltage no. thing? No, none of that changes same. on this. None, okay. none of that. None of that changes on this. You know, like EVGA has already announced a hydrocopper and a hybrid cooler, one that has like one of those self-contained yeah. water coolers on it. And those will be those will keep the GPU cooler, but I don't think you'll be able to overclock much higher. Because well, they, their default is higher. The voltage. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, out of the box it will be a little bit higher. But if you're willing to use Precision X to overclock, right. I think you'll be able to get the same speeds. Yeah, your max voltage regardless. is still. It'll yeah. be quieter. That's true. This isn't. I mean, the the cooler on the Titan X and 980Ti isn't the quietest. Yeah, that we've seen even from Nvidia in this design because the GPUs are 250 watt TDPs. But there was, but there was a bunch of others announced at the same time with their you know uh, 
heat pipe based cooling and all sorts of other like quieter things for, uh yeah i think so yeah yeah there'll be asus out there msi gigabyte has yeah. their three fan wind force thing out there as yeah. well so there'll be other so. quieter ones that you can grab I mean, it's pretty clear that the 980 Ti was released. It's it's pretty aggressive in price point. Yeah. Because everybody knows AMD Fiji is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why they're being as aggressive as they are. Had they released this at 799 I think still a lot of people would have been buying it. Because yep. it's still $200 less than Titan X, and you still get exactly the same performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, didn't they drop uh, the 980? Yes. The GTX 980 went from 549 to 499 Four ninety nine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Josh, thoughts on this? Anybody? Uh, I guess? You know, it is interesting that uh, they do have a limit on the TDP. I mean, certainly you can you can do the power scale a little bit up, but uh, it's still got the uh, six pin and the eight pin, and you're going to be limited by that. And plus, it's just such a big stonking chip. Mm-hmm. It's damn near six hundred millimeter square. So uh, I was. When you told us the price at six forty nine, I was shocked. I thought it was going to be at least seven ninety nine, if not eight fifty, uh, mm. because even one hundred and fifty dollars less than a Titan X, but you get the same performance. I was thinking, you know, they're they're going to you know challenge uh, uh, Fiji. They may come out on top. They may be a little bit slower, but they always have a price in terms of you know for their partners and themselves coming sure. in from consumers as compared to. D does, but now that they've offered the 49, what is rumored to be 200 bucks less than AMD Fiji, I think AMD is is going to have to rethink their pricing scheme. Poor AMD. They, yeah, they, they, could, they getting, can't even get their new part out yet, and already people are saying, yeah. "Well, they're gonna have to rethink all that." Yeah. So I'm only seeing like one vendor on Amazon. Yeah, even guy. on Newegg, they're all out of stock. I don't. I yeah. think. I think. Uh, next week is when we'll start seeing uh, oh. a lot of the 980 Ti show up. Volume shipment. Yeah. Copy text going on. Everything might have slowed everything down. Yep. Uh, so check out that review, please. We'll do that. And then I apologize this to... Oh, wait. No. Um, leave it on this because I, I put in the G-Sync stuff here. Ken. With the 980 Ti, they also announced a couple of other things. Gameworks VR. I'm not going to go into that. It's pretty interesting to yeah. talk about multi-res shading. It's, it allows them to lower the number of pixels that a, a, G, a game engine has to render in order to get the complete image for a, a warped... Yeah, just optimizations that pertain to Basically, they, 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 they kind of lessen the number of pixels that get rendered on your periphery because it's on your periphery and it's never in focus. Yeah. While and not only that, stuff they, they actually compress the periphery. Yeah. It yes. gets squished. So you have it gets full, like it gets yeah. deformed and squished, so you're kind of doubling up on the pixels yes. you're rendering. As it is today, it gets yeah. squished. Right. And you lose data, like mm-hmm. you're wasting pixel processing power. So they're basically making the resolution at or maybe a little bit below what it's actually final rendered at yep. and, and it improves that way. It, it's pretty interesting. Maybe if we uh, maybe next week or something if we actually um, Tom Peterson from NVIDIA will be here next Tuesday, and I'm quite sure we will discuss that topic then. So if you're interested in it, make sure you uh, sign up for pcpro.com slash subscribe, and uh, you can know about that stream. I'm trying to get some hardware to give away to that too. Uh, but also interesting was were a couple of G-Sync updates that are important I want to mention at least briefly here on a busy week. Uh, new monitors are coming out. They sh- they showed they they announced or they showed a table at least of seven new G Sync monitors, uh, a couple of thirty four forty by fourteen forty 
yep. resolution, which is the 21 by 9 aspect ratio. One of those monitors is rated at 75 hertz. One of them, the Asus one is only rated at 60, but a, a, uh, a bird told me that that might be upped okay. to 75 as well. Bird. Birdie, which, birdie. Which, uh, bird. Like the Asus PG34Q. Which is what resolution? 3440 by 1440. Oh, okay. So, so it's a 21 by 9 aspect ratio. Yeah. Um, they also uh, showed... Dis- my point was DisplayPort can handle higher than 60 at that resolution, so uh, it might. I think so, yeah, because yeah, the Acer X34 is rated at 3440 by 1440 at yeah. 75 hertz. Uh, also, I know a lot of people will be interested uh, from Asus, the PG279Q, which is the 27-inch 1440p... 144 hertz IPS. It's time for Alan to return his nope. glass monitor and go ahead and, and start the returning. pre-order process. I got the Acer, which is basically the same. Yep. Just in a different, right. you know, in a less uh, appealing uh, <laughs> bezel and housing. And We've got some 4K IPS. Uh, there's another 4K TN listed here. So that it's good to see, like one of the things we talked about with FreeSync was, mm-hmm. hey, there's different form factors, like 21 by 9. That yeah. doesn't exist in G-Sync. And G-Sync's had this huge head start. So now they're they're starting to pick up. We'll talk about that more in a little bit because uh, the pictures of the Asus one are impressive. They're also enabling uh, G-Sync windowed mode. I've been toying around with that a little bit. Does it work? I haven't, like... So you have it. A game in a game in full screen windowed mode is still doing G Sync. I can tell. Okay. Well, that, I mean, it didn't so, I mean, before. That part works. Yeah. I it wish did, I could kind of extend before. it to more some more stuff. Like I wish I could have like a video, like a player. Yeah, playing that's a video. not that's not Nvidia's issue. Yeah, that's know, a that's a video player issue. But uh, window G Sync mode is good for people who play I don't know World of Warcraft or League of Legends or something like that that they want to put in a window or anything yeah. really for that matter. Witcher three, um, you could do that and it works through some W uh, some DWM magic. They won't really say Windows what they're driver doing. model magic, yeah. Uh, or desktop WDM. window manager, DWM. Oh. Uh, WDM also is a thing. Yeah. Window driver model. So it's it's very confusing. Um, but that does work. There was a report that I got sent of perf- if you have SLI system doing windowed G Sync, right. performance drops compared to full screen G Sync. Probably due to that same kind of no, thing. No, it was, we were it was just a bug. About that NVIDIA found and fixed, and there should be a hotfix driver coming out, I think, tomorrow oh, okay. for it. So uh, cool. they did address that. Uh, you can now, if you have a G-Sync monitor, choose to disable V-Sync above the maximum refresh rate. Yep. So if you have a game that's rendering, if you have a 60 hertz 4K G-Sync panel, which is where I think this is the most important. It is. Um, you can now choose to disable V-Sync, and thus, if your game is rendering at 70 frames per second, you will have a refresh rate or you will have a 60 hertz refresh rate still but you will be able to disable vsync so you get minimum possible input latency mm-hmm. uh and screen time latency at the expense of horizontal tearing and i thought that uh i would be able to also turn vsync off higher than 144 like on a 144 panel mm-hmm. and think that, that would be maybe better a better experience because it's kind of hard to see the tearing right at, greater than at 144, higher refresh right? rates and uh and I had a game right at the point where it was right up around 144, a little bit high, a little bit below, right? Mm-hmm. And I, with VSync off, uh, as soon as it stepped out of G-Sync, I could immediately tell. Like I could, oh, really? I, I could yeah, because maybe you can't see notice tearing that easily when it's just tearing all the time. Mm. But when you just went from G-Sync on to tearing, it kind of still smacks you in the face. So I ended up like almost immediately going back and see you were one it. of the biggest proponents of getting I, that I was, feature in there. I was, if it was a 4K panel, 60. Yeah, I'm like, tell Tom. If it's 60, you do want it to tear higher than 60 because uh, also, that's kind of bad. But also like, in the driver, yeah. you can now enable ULMB 
as an option in the control panel. In the driver, not yeah. You don't have to go the into the OSD itself to do it. Yeah. So that that that's pretty cool. Uh, and then another G Sync update. Ooh, I think I just yeah. Mobile G Sync. Uh, mobile G Sync announced, which we first saw back in January. A little bit sooner I than I believe it was January. A little bit sooner than anybody saw. expected. Um, but now it's a real thing. Yeah, they announced it. Uh, they, the you know, this was the whole. We've had this discussion before. It is modulless G Sync, mm-hmm. right? They talk about here in the desktop platform. You know, you go from GPU to a module to a panel, but with um, mobile G Sync, you don't have to do that. Because the GPU does not have to go to a scaler at all. It mm-hmm. is directly driving the panel. Yeah, it goes right to the T-Con. So, and NVIDIA is selecting the panels for the OEMs. Like, they're mm-hmm. handpicking the panels yeah. that they know how to control. They're still going to have all the same functionality that desktop G-Sync has, including low frame rate frame rate doubling and tripling mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. Which, as well which as didn't overdrive. work on the thing we were looking at. It did at. not work yeah. when we were doing it. Another thing uh, that didn't work on what we were looking at was overdrive. Right. Which this is somehow going to be able to do, even though usually the scaler handles right. the overdrive. They, they say that somehow Tom will, like this, I said, Tom will be here on Tuesday, yeah. and that's one of the things we're going to ask him. Somehow they're pushing this back into like, the GPU work doing it. It so. will work in the mobile form. And um, 75 hertz displays. Cool. On, on mobile platforms. That that Asus had it, didn't it? That's what they say. They say the first 75 hertz notebook gaming display. Uh, I thought we pushed it higher than 75. Did it go to seven? Did it, it didn't come at seventy five? We had to apply a custom resolution. Okay, but it did 75. do so. Oh, oh to okay. get to seventy five. Yeah. Okay. okay, so they're correct in saying that it's the first seventy five. Might be the first shipping at seventy five hertz. Yeah, but we were able to push the monitor in the G seven when, when we did it. Fifty one. We had the colors were a little hertz. paler on it, so they probably had to tune it yeah. specifically to. Uh, uh, you know, they're showing Gigabyte, MSI, Asus, Clevo models that are all going to have this in there. Uh, and they even went as far uh, as to say as they expect every GTX notebook made from now going forward to be a G-Sync notebook. Really? Well. Yeah. Anything that has a GTX branded uh, graphics chip in it should they, have they, a They will just make sure that the manufacturers are putting those correct There's displays a, there's, in There were a couple of notebooks announced that Computex... That have GTX that don't say they have G Sync panels, right. so I, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt from here going forward, like sure, from now sure. on type of thing. Uh, or maybe those do have G Sync and the OEMs don't know it yet because Nvidia is going to say, "Hey, you have to put a G Sync." Yeah, that's just a, that's just a nice idea, though. Just it is any like because in the future, you at least. you have full control over what that system is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you can control what display the user gets each time. So. Uh, Excited to get our hands on one that works completely and, and kind yes. of see how that how that pans out. All right. <sighs> he. Well, we're late already, guys. Um, hey, you know, one thing to let you know. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Mark Hamill is the sage, same age as Alec Guinness was when he filmed the original Star Wars. Today. Right now. You mean? Yep. Yep. So do you think Mark Hamill will become agitated with Star Wars fans and hate the fact that he ever did the next movie? Yes. Yeah, probably. Or maybe he needs a paycheck because Alec Guinness didn't need a paycheck. He did not. No. I think Mark Hamill needs a paycheck. I don't know. You I can only you can only be the voice of the Joker so many times. Um. <laughs> or be a cock knocker in uh, <laughs> the uh, was a not the fans guy. you're looking for. Yeah. You know the best part about uh, the, the the very first episode one, it was Ewan McGregor playing Alec Guinness. 
playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was probably the best thing about that entire film. What the hell are and you I'm reading? Being that this, generous. That this sidetrack is coming up all the time. I don't know. I just, but we have a know, wall of like news to go through. Yeah, it's, it's like cleansing the palace. It's like a nice sorbet. Okay, well, I got you. I see, I see. All right. It's like a wheatgrass. Mm. All right. Mm. All right. All right, now on Next. to a case. Uh, I'm going to apologize to Sebastian because he did a fantastic job on this review, and I'm going to go totally gloss you over You should it. all just read it. You should all read it. This is the Fantex Enthu Evolve, which I hate saying that name, by the way, because well. it sounds like I have some kind of speech impediment. Yeah. The Enthu Evolve ATX Mid-Tower Enclosure. It's pretty, and Sebastian takes pretty pictures. So those two things go together pretty well. Uh, it is a mid-tower case, seven expansion slots, lots of lots of room in there. Let um, me show you one good picture of it. I like I like the look of the front of it. I will say that. Yeah, brushed metal type styling there. It looks smaller than it is because I actually made that comment. I thought it looked like a small case. We can see looking at the back. That's pretty big. That it's not. Uh, Sebastian really liked this case. It has uh, what do you call that? The way the doors open. Double door. But if they open at the back, like... Uh, suicide doors. Yeah, there you go. It's got suicide yeah. doors on it. So if you're interested in a suicide door case, go look up uh, the review In case of, your GPU like, needs Like the to... Cooler Master Cosmos S2? Is that what that is? It's in case your GPU needs to bail out while the CPU, all the right. system's running. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My nine-year-old child is opening the door while driving at 65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. That's the Fantex Enthu Evolve ATX. Check that out. Sorry, Sebastian. <sighs> Next. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 was announced. Surprisingly interesting. Goes um, over USB 3.1. No. Kind of. No. It, it uses USB Type-C. Well, Doesn't yes. Doesn't go over USB 3.1. Well, it, goes, well. it uses the same connector. The USB 3... USA 3.1 use Type-C connectors. That's what all the first well, boards can, but it's... Okay. Type-C type connectors and USB 3.1 are completely separate. <sighs> Anything else you want to try? Never mind. Okay. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 is a doubling of bandwidth. You go from 20 gigabits per second up to 40 gigabits per second. It's a new piece of silicon. Is that over copper or fiber? Both. Well, but it works on copper. Yeah, it works on copper. Okay. Um, it's the Alpine Ridge controller, right? Um, 40 gigabits per second. You can do dual 4K displays. You can do 100-watt charging on it. It is a Type-C connector, USB Type-C connector. It's not the mini display port connector anymore. 100-watt charging, you might, also, you might almost be able to power the display. Other way uh, around. 15-watt device, 100-watt charging. Yeah, it's charging right. to the device, to the host device. Okay. And it's 15 watts you can send over through like the oh, PCI Express part. So you charge the laptop. Now, here's what's interesting is it supports protocols. Before it supported Thunderbolt, DisplayPort, and PCI Express, now they've added USB. And they do that because uh, they have included on Alpine Ridge a USB 3.1 host controller. Okay. So this is a Thunderbolt and a USB 3.1 controller, essentially. Now, you get 40 gigabits of bandwidth. Um, so Thunderbolt can go over the USB Type-C connector mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and cable. Mm -hmm. So you can have a laptop. It's a Thunderbolt cable. Oh, it's just a different type of cable. Yeah. Yes. It's a different type of cable. You can't just use a USB cable. It's a Thunderbolt okay. cable. So even, though you're, have even though you're plugging it into the same port, mm -hmm. you have to use a special cable. A Thunderbolt If you want to use Thunderbolt, but right. if, you, if you have a USB 3.1 device, you can uh -huh. just plug it in. With the USB 3.1 cable. Sure. And it will just work. There is some breakdown between active and passive cables, because all Thunderbolt cables in the past have been active, but they're talking about passive cables, so those might be USB 3.1 cables. Yeah. 
Hmm. No, because they go up to 20 gigabits per second. Well, it's still I mean, possible it's over copper. copper. Passive copper. 20 gigabit copper cable supports 20 gigabit per second Thunderbolt, USB 3.1, and DisplayPort 1.2. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, the faster one supports USB 3.1 as well. Okay. Like so they're just using pins differently or something, but it's the same. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what's cool about this is you can do just a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, you can have, one, you can have one port on a laptop that could be USB Type-C, just like it is right now, or it could also be Thunderbolt. Yes, yes. So that's convenient. You just have so, one physical port. So here, right? here's the best example of what it is, right? Uh, a single cable docking station for a laptop. Say you have a, a machine like the MacBook uh, that has one Type-C connector. The yes. MacBook does not have Thunderbolt 3, I don't think. Um, I don't believe it does. And you have a dock on your desk. Yep. A powered dock that has an, a, that has an AC plug, right, into it. And then it can have you can all run of one, those things. You run one cable from it to the dock. And you can have four, two 4K displays. You can have gigabit Ethernet. You can have USB 3.1 storage devices. You can have audio. You can have gigabit Ethernet. I think I already said that. Um, and then you can also have pass-through to other Thunderbolt devices. All and right. not only that, but you can get 100 watts of charging back to, back to the, the laptop, laptop. Right? Huh. So the 100 watts of charging thing was a USB 3.1 thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's still there. Uh, but you get all kinds of bandwidth for that. Where's the, the graphic they have here? This. So like 40 gigabits of bandwidth sounds like an insane amount of bandwidth, but if you have two 4K displays, uh, this right here, 4K displays at 60 hertz, USB 3.1 storage, like a USB 3 device and an Ethernet device, boom. You yeah, can, it does you add can up do to that. 40. Okay. Right, you can get 40 gigabits of bandwidth fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, they even talk about external graphics. This is a little bit interesting because even though we've seen and, you know, we've always talked about Thunderbolt-based external graphics, Intel is now talking about external graphics through Thunderbolt. And they've even talked about uh, getting surprise hot removal Surprise! <laughs> Josh. There's no other way of doing hot removal. Well, hot, no. Surprise hot insertion. That, and that's the better part. Notice that's, they didn't put... That's the part Josh likes. Notice they didn't put surprise hot insertion. They called supports hot plug and yes. surprise removal. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is they said they were work, they're going to validate that type of stuff. And right now, they're only working with AMD. Well, right now, and I, I, I specifically asked, well, what about NVIDIA? They said, well, we're only working with AMD right now. So I don't know whose they, they problem who? that is. Intel. They oh Intel said that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I well, don't they already got cross cross licensing going on, so why not? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think it might have something to do with the fact that Nvidia would rather people buy a discrete GPU to put in their notebook, and AMD is like, we just want to sell GPUs. We just want anybody to right. buy our. If stuff. I were to guess, that's probably that's probably what it is. Um, they talk about Thunderbolt networking, which is something that was announced last year that nobody ever uses. Uh, the different cables are listed there. Like you can do 40 gigabits over copper, maximum two meters. Nobody ever uses it because the chances of just finding two devices with Thunderbolt on it are that, pretty rare. You know, are pretty are pretty rare. Yeah, are, you are could right. just you could just plug them into each other over Thunderbolt and get what what was it before 20 gigabit. Uh, I don't it's know. It's 10. I think it's 10. 10 I think it's, just, it's, it's emulating it's just, 10 giggy. Yeah, okay. It's an so you could have just got a 10 giggy link just like peer to peer. I've done that from like my old MacBook Air to my new MacBook Air just to transfer all the files. They yeah. have the system migration stuff. Worked perfectly. And that'll be even more awesome. 40 gigabit. No, it's still, still going to be 10. 10. Oh, they're, still emu- only 10. they're emulating 10 giggy Ethernet stack. Well, that's it's, annoying. Well, like PCI doesn't network between two devices, so they have to emulate something in the middle. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if you have like right. a small work group, that could be cool. Um, I don't know. 
just a very small set of like, like servers. If you have four editing computers that are kind of like maybe all four desks right around each other. Yeah, they could be connected through Thunderbolt. How long can the cable be? Uh, well, it depends on the cable, right? If you want the expensive cables, the active forty gigabits can go up to sixty meters. Okay, and then what about copper? Copper can go up to two meters. Oh, so you're pretty much close together. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing like six feet. So if you're doing that networking thing you were just talking about, you're buying expensive cables if they're yeah, those aren't even out yet. Yeah. So I, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, I am actually a little bit more hopeful than I have been in the past that this will be something that's utilized uh, because it is combining Thunderbolt and USB into one thing. It's yeah. perfect timing. Yeah. Because everyone is searching for their USB 3.1 external controller because the next-gen chipsets from what we've seen won't have 3.1. Mm-hmm. That's so true. they're going to need to put an IC on the board anyways. Right. And when mm-hmm. we, we've seen that. We think Gigabyte has already announced that, that they've, they're going to put Alpine Ridge on their Z100 series chipset motherboards. Yeah. And they may only function as USB 3.1 devices initially. They said Thunderbolt 3 coming like after. Yeah, after and I don't know if that means like a BIOS With firmware, a firmware I would or hope. a driver <laughs> I would or imagine something like that. Probably a driver. Send your motherboard back so we can solder on a new chip. Yeah, I know. No. It's the same controller that maybe they just don't have drivers ready yet yeah. for Thunderbolt. But the, the USB 3.1 host is in there and, and working fine. So, And then maybe in the next-gen chipset, they just build it in when they're doing USB 3.1. You keep thinking that, but they're just going to double to 80 gigabits per second and make it an external chip. Yeah. 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 Finally, is- we're getting what Light, Pe- uh, light Peak promised us about yeah. five years ago. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I would like to see this take off. That dev board we saw on the table at CES is still yep. the only Light Peak thing in existence, probably. <laughs> we'll never see Light Peak guys. It's time to get over it. Uh... <laughs> Okay, Josh, this is the part where I go to you and I say, quickly tell me about Carrizo. That never works. I know. AMD's newest APU. Okay. Carrizo is the new low-power part APU from AMD. It goes from 15, well, below 15 watts, but nominal 15 watts to 35 watts. AMD did a terrific job in optimizing this design for power efficiency. It still uses the older 28 nanometer process technology. It uses excavator cores, which is the latest and last generation of bulldozer cores, heavy moving equipment. Uh, they've shrunk those down. They, they've lowered the power. They've increased IPC. They've been able to uh, increase the clock speed as compared to previous generation 15 watt parts. So you get a pretty massive jump in overall performance in that thermal envelope. The GCN architecture is based on 1.2, possibly a little bit more than that because they add a bunch of UVD and uh, HEV decoders so it can do, what, H.266, 265, 265. So 4K, 60 frames per second type performance without hammering on the CPU one bit. So uh, better clocks all around, better power performance, they're hoping that this will gather a lot more OEM wins than previous parts, and with their laser-like focus in just putting this processor in that very limited power envelope has allowed them to do a lot of little tricks so that they don't have to go from 15 watts to 95 watts. Instead, mm. they're 15 watts to 35 watts. Made it very efficient, very quick, as compared to what is currently on the market and they've thrown a bunch of new features in there that hopefully will get some consumers' eyes and uh, will will be attractive to in the $400 to $700 notebook range. Initially, it's going to be clamshells. Eventually, we'll probably see it in Type 
uh, ultrabook type enclosures and uh, you know like uh, TV type applications mm. like the Shield and yeah, others. Yeah, yeah, actually, it would be a good spot for that. Actually, at like the 15 watt level, something that's permanently plugged in that can do a lot of stuff. I don't know if they have Android level capability for that yet, but uh, it's an interesting. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, there have been some leaks lately that uh, AMD is been playing with Android on some of their latest x86 processors. Hmm. Intel's doing yeah. it, so it's not out of like I don't nope. know how I don't think it would take that much work, that much more work Ooh. to get Android up and running on AMD. Um what on this like so new features wise we talked about lower power video playback, uh saving a half a watt with uh, like for 1080p video they specify hey we're able to save half a watt of APU power for full screen video through the APU. Doesn't seem like a lot but we're talking about a 2 watt usage model you're talking about 25 percent of that power savings yeah uh that you got there uh it does have new h.265 hevc encoder part of the new uvd as well um i am curious on the where's that the gpu side it's listed at 819 gigafops which i think is less than kaveri but only Kaveri slightly was, but kaveri at uh 95, 95 watts, watts is okay just i think under one teraflop yep and so you're talking about three times less well more than that four right. to five times less power draw and approaching those kind of teraflops as pretty good usage. and it should be tonga too right should be tonga based well with the 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 new ubd they may be considering it a 1.3. AMD does Check. interesting things where it's possible that maybe Tonga has had H.265 decoding the whole time and they just never told anybody. <laughs> right? It, it, it's actually feasible. Right? That they, well, it's what they, they did with Bonaire. If you remember yeah. when it yep. first came out as the uh, 7790, uh, it didn't have true audio or any of that stuff. But then and that then same suddenly. chip came out as the 260X and uh, true audio shows up. XDMA. Yep. All these Weird, other fun huh? things. I mean, they, they're in an interesting spot in terms of what they have to do for R&D and product release schedules, and they're very much kind of in a reactive state in a lot of things. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Yep. Can't fall asleep. Oh, see, can, yeah. yeah, he was asleep. It's fine. <laughs> he was going to have something witty to say, but he turned his microphone back off. So, uh, That is Carrizo. We're, um, we're working on getting some parts in for, for testing and, and whatnot. Um, hey, was that fast enough? I, I, I I'm impressed. Things? You did, and it was actually still uh, very informative. I appreciate that. Ooh. Is, is, is Carrizo a – is it going to be a DIY part, or is there another part for that? Uh, there's no going to be uh, – no. No, the next do-it-yourself no AM that we're going to see from AMD is going to be Zen-based. Okay. And that's in 2016. No AM1 Carrizo? As far as we know, lame. No, gotcha. Unless they somehow change course and have the Carrizo L and do that to AM1, I haven't heard anything about that. All right, fair enough. <sighs> Intel SSD seven fifty. You maybe you've heard about it. We gave. I sent. I sent four of them away in today. Uh, in FedEx boxes today, you maybe saw a picture. I shipped out twenty nicely broken in twenty two boxes of prizes. Yes, yeah. uh, while we happen to have five four hundred gigabyte Intel seven fifty series SSDs, we decided. Alan decided it's like uh, maybe we just put them all in a system and see what happens. Yeah. So this is what we did. We put 
five of them in a system, and, uh, and we saw what like happened. That. So what happened? <laughs> so what happened? What's the platform we use for this? Uh, so we use the 40 lane uh, i7-5960X in yep. an X99 system. X99 Pro. What was that motherboard? X99, X99 Deluxe. X99 Deluxe for Not a Pro. Yeah. Uh, actually, if we used a Pro, uh, we wouldn't have got the speeds we did because it doesn't have as many of the lanes set up the, the sub- mm, correct okay. way. Um, so uh, we just you know figure out what kind of issues you run into when you're trying to hook up Basically, fill every single slot on the board with SSDs, except for one slot for the, the GPU. Well, let me, let me, let's point out. Uh-huh. So that motherboard had room for four. I had, had room for five, physically room for five, 750 series of, SSDs. Of these SSDs, yes. And we had to use a, quote, regular-ass graphics card, uh, which is a one-slot, yeah. single-slot Galaxy GeForce G210, I think. It was convenient because it was the same exact form factor as... Uh, yeah, if you look at this as, picture, as like it's, it looks like it's in there. <laughs> so except, it just looks like it's another card. Except the VGA and DVI connection there. Yeah. Uh, however, the complication we ran into is... So that slot right next to the GPU. This one here, the yeah. one that would normally be covered if, if you have a... Two-slot. Two-slot video card. It would mm-hmm. be, okay, so when be you did benchmarks, let me interrupt here. Oh, yes, When you did do. benchmarks, did you have to scream, there is no fifth card? Uh, well, I had to, like, stop, like, a- addressing the fifth card for Did a, you have to really squint tests. up at them and see if there's four or five? Uh, no, no. no. I don't, I don't There are I four don't. SSDs. Star Trek, Dan. Sorry. The lights. Anyway. It never works, Josh. You're so It never thick. works. So, so, the issue we had was that since this... Oh, you know what? Now what? I get... Oh, now you get it? The four lights thing... Oh, see? ...that you posted on Facebook, because Kelly, my wife, was like... Alan took a picture of something that said there are only four lights, but I know there are more than four lights in your <laughs> studio. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I actually don't know what they're talking about. Ken either. said uh, something Star Trek something uh-huh, something. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, and okay. And Ryan whatever. stopped listening because it just, whoosh, I just Star Trek? I don't not, watch Star Trek. Wrong genre. I never watched Star Trek. It's not Star Wars. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, um, so the port right next to the, uh, the video card, the video card slot, the, first, the primary slot, uh, actually is connected to DMI. So, it's a it's a PCI Express by four two point um, through and, the chipset back to the and a, and actually after we posted this piece one, somebody corrected my math uh, and it turns out I think this I think it might have been running at like PCIe I think I might have negotiated either just two lanes or maybe PCIe one point mm. for some reason because just the throughput I was getting was just yeah. not what it could oh have yeah been. DMI is a huge bottleneck. Well, but we were only getting like 800 one and something gigabit. per second. Yeah, I think it's one gigabyte yeah. per second. I think it, one no, gigabit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's well, no, because you can, you can get you can get 1.8 gigabytes per second out of SATA SSDs also linked through DMI. Mm. So mm. I think there was just something. I mean, we were kind of pushing it to its limits, right? Yeah, we had we the, the motherboard that. was literally like airtight, right? So it was like every single slot was full. Yeah. Everyone. If you know what I'm saying, Josh. Um, Every yeah. slot was filled. Every slot was filled. So um, <laughs> if we had a different no kind of... surprise hot insertions, Hold on. though, right? Don't drag me no, no. into your sludge, Ryan Trout. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Before we go to that, uh-huh. did, did you raid them? Okay, so that's what we tried first. But you can't. With Windows. 
Right, that's what I'm saying. Software raid. There were there were comments in there like, oh, cool, you boot off of it, and you can't boot off of no, it. No, no, you, you can't, can't boot off of it. You can't have a multi-drive yeah. array of PCI Express SSDs as a bootable yeah. thing. What you didn't see in that picture was the little lone SATA SSD sitting off in the corner that yeah. had the OS on it, right? Because that's, you know, if I wanted to be able to talk to all five of these SSDs in a raw format, which I ended up doing later, uh, no partition on any of them, right? You can't, like, raid PCIe SSDs in hardware. At least not yet, not until... I don't know. It's going to be a few years, probably. Yep. Before, if that even. But you happens, did say you right? used storage spaces, didn't you? You got a lot of stuff to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the stuff. So, uh, <laughs> tried sp- tried storage spaces. That was horrible. First of all, uh, it was even worse than like the Windows generic software striping, uh, because storage spaces was segmenting the blocks. Like I was running a benchmark, and it was only touching two of the five SSDs because uh-huh. it was only spanning a couple of them because of storage spaces. So that was a dud. Um, Windows RAID was kind of decent. Got like up. Near four gigabytes per second. Well, that was here. Uh, that was the Addo results. That was Addo, but that wasn't because of Windows storage. Uh, it that was, was ca- because the the file size that it was using again, right? I mean, it, it pegged at four gigs per second. It read was still three point seven gigs per second, right? Yes, but it was still That's like horrible. That was actually <laughs> Windows was the limit. Okay, um, because all five drives were lit up solid by the time it got to the bottom. But this is, I mean, they were not. Like, the disks were not being utilized. Uh, that's when I was filling the disks. Okay. Uh, and so here's that, our description of the 40 lanes Yeah, part. so if this was a different kind of motherboard design, you, you could potentially have, you know, 40 lanes. That's much more than just four lanes times five, right? But motherboards aren't designed that way. They're designed for GPUs to be plugged into them with Correct. more than four lanes per slot, right? Because nobody's crazy. So... With what we had to work with, uh, first we were like, all right, so let's try the four fast ones and see what we can get out of them. All right, right. and what did that come up to? So uh, 4K sequential writes to four of the SSDs, uh, five gig per second. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. Uh, sequential reads to those f- from those four, 9.5 gig per second. That's a lot less shabby. You said even. 4K sequential writes. You meant 120. Or, sorry, 128K sequential writes. Okay. Sequential writes. And yep. sequential reads. So sequential so, reads up to 9.5 gigs, writes of 5 gigs per uh, second. And then I figured, well, I might as well add in the fifth one just for the purpose of sequential reads and see, you know, if I can get a little bit past to, to get up to 11. Couldn't get up to 11. It wouldn't go to 11. Uh, yeah, I, only, I get that reference. Yeah, Only 10.3 <laughs> gigabytes per second. So that achievement was unlocked. So we hit 10.3 gigs per second. So obviously adding in the fifth one didn't scale as well as we, you know, as yeah, we, we only was, we don't know exactly why there was a bottleneck at the at, well, as well as it was, but it was there and it kind of made the fifth one, you know, kind of like useless. Um, and IOPS wise, you pegged it. Yeah. So 4K random reads, and uh, we had to do Q depth of 128 per SSD, and we pegged all of the cores of the 5960 at the same time mm-hmm. as all this was going on because the system was basically just doing everything it possibly could with iOS flying all over the place. 1.77 million IOPS, which is nothing to sneeze at, <laughs> but it's and not that, a random that, number. That, by the way, is what that looks like as it... That's what it looks adds. like scaling up as it goes through the test. And you can just see Windows kind of... It, now, loads, up, it loads up the cores first and leaving like the second thread per core idle mm-hmm. for as long as it can and then those start stepping in as so this is when the, we we hit 1.77 we wanted to overclock the processor to get more this is why it's running at 4.45 or yeah. whatever yeah that's Notice what it overclocked the disk 100% utilized on all four of them and we got to uh, what was this so okay so that that bottom result there is uh, I kind of cheated because I was trying to figure out well 
like, where is the bottleneck really? It looks like kind of both things are bottlenecking at the same time. Uh, so I wanted to know how much further could you get out of the CPU in its current configuration? Like, how many more IOPS could sure. the system just throw around? Not, a, not with the SSD being so much as a limit. So I formatted all the drives. Uh, like, partitioned them, and then deleted the partitions, and then reran the test. And what that does is it trims the drives. This is not the ideal way to test an SSD. Trying to read data from an SSD that's empty, it's kind of like, you know, the SSD doesn't have to do any work. It's just like, hey, it's zero. Hey, buddy, I'm not even going to look, right? Uh, that's what it does. So the rest of the system ends up being the bottleneck, and that bottleneck was over 2 million IOPS. So that's what the system could ca- could handle. And we, we actually, I mean, we think that had we installed this in, like, our streaming tester that was, like, a 20-core, 40-thread, we, we could have got above that. We might have been able to get a little bit higher than that, because um, that actually works out to four times the spec. Oh, okay. Actually. So, it's, so it's like 430,000 times okay. four ends up being around that. But that's, it's like, it's perfect scaling, right? It's like you're scaling Here, Here's exactly this four times. in graph form, by the way, more visual representation. This white line going up is the quad yep. setup. And, and that, and we're running a different kind of workload that is not 4K. Right. Um, so that only goes up, only goes up to like 520,000 IOPS on our web server and test. And uh, sequential read speeds. This is like your typical SATA SSD. You've yep. got, ooh, one of, like, you think you're cool, hot stuff because you got one of those SSDs, <laughs> 400 gig SSD 750s at 2.2, psha. Uh, and then we got up to 10.3 gigs per second because we're better. But then, yeah. we, then we tore it all apart and sent them all out to the people who they actually belong to. Yep. So I nobody want to know how fast that defrags. Yeah, it's <sighs> a good point. Yeah. So fast. So, so clearly this is not anything anybody should ever do. No. It is a completely useless function. It was just an, was just an exercise in, like, where I mean, do you, there are probably some enterprise workloads that would be good for that. You'd have to have, like, special software that's hitting the drives individually and not trying to rely on Windows software RAID because that's yeah. a bottleneck of its own, right? You'd need the system to be pretty darn fast to be able to handle throwing that many IOPS around. Um, yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was just a cool experiment. And that's what it was, an experiment. So don't ever do that. Yeah, do not try don't this at spend, home. Don't spend, what was it, 400 bucks a piece, so $2,000. Like $2,000 worth of SSDs. Not yeah. too bad for $2,000. No. To be honest. All right, here we go. Into Computex, guys. We're only an hour and 15 minutes into the show. All right. So let's keep going. Here we go. Uh, Intel announces quad-core Broadwell for desktop and mobile. Okay. Uh, it is. And you got you to sample that, right? No. You reviewed it. No. World exclusive. <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, this is so they've announced quad core for desktop and quad core for mobile, and it's interesting because none of those existed before. It was just dual hyper threaded. It was dual core hyper threaded. Was the fastest you could get for Broadwell up until this announcement. Okay, uh, our part should be here this week, maybe early next week. Um, this also marks the first time Broadwell comes to the desktop platform at all. Right. Uh, this will work in existing Z97 motherboards. It's a 65-watt TDP part, the highest end. Uh, let me z- click on this and zoom in here a little bit. It is the Core i7-5775C. It's a 4-core, 8-thread, 3.3 gigahertz base, 3.7 turbo. Um, unlocked, so you can change multipliers, all that stuff. It has Iris Pro Graphics 6200. This also marks the first time Iris Pro Graphics has come to the desktop market okay. as well, which is the... Higher end with, what is it? Is it 25 megs? 128, uh, 128 megs mm-hmm. of EMMC? Or no, EMMC. Whoa, that'd be awesome video. <laughs> is it 128, really? Yeah. Yep. 
It's like an L4 cache, but it's um, embedded Big. DRAM, right? Does why, that? Why is the name escaping me? It's embedded. Yeah, EDRAM. Yeah. Okay. Isn't Thank it? you. I think so. I, I'm blanking all of a sudden. Does that on. is that j- it's strictly like EMBM, okay? Is that strictly yeah. for the GPU, or if you're using like discrete graphics? It, does, if does, you have discrete graphics, it, it works as L4 cache. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and like QuickSync can utilize it and stuff. Yeah, OpenCL yeah. will be able to utilize it. Huh. It's a, it's cool. Like it's existed in mobile spaces for a couple generations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess was Haswell the first to have it. Yeah. Um, but it never came to the desktop market. We asked for it. Uh, like at the very first Haswell Tech Day that we went to, so <laughs> they got it. They they made it eventually. Um, other than that, it's a very standard part. It's still got uh, it's eleven fifty socket, sixteen gigs of DDR three L memory, um, three hundred sixty six bucks tray price. So it's not it's not a replacement for the forty seven ninety K. It's not that fast. Like I said, it's a sixty five watt TDP part. Okay, uh, it's meant for. HTPC, small form factor machine, yeah, something yeah. where you're not going to use a discrete graphics card. If you're using a discrete graphics card, I don't think this makes sense. You almost don't really need four cores in those same things either, though. I mean, not really. Uh, I, yeah, kind of. You I know, mean, it just depends what you're transporting. It's kind of like a, like a luxury do. upgrade yeah. for, for, for that purpose. You yeah. know? Um, so that's an LGA part. They also have the 5775R, which will be a, a BGA part um, for like all-in-ones. And stuff okay. like that. Uh, and they also announced one other LGA part, one more socketed part. It was the 5675C. It's essentially the same thing, uh, except it's quad-core, not hyper-threaded, and a little bit less, 276 instead of 366. Okay. So uh, there's that. For the mobile side, there's a whole bunch of parts. We've seen notebooks announced using the 5950HQ, which is a quad-core, hyper-threaded, uh, 2.9 to 3.8 gigahertz mm-hmm. core Iris Pro Graphics 6200 still there, 47-watt TDP. Noticeably higher tray pricing, though, at $623. Um, they're, they're paying more for the binning of the higher clock speeds at the lower TDP, so that's sure. what you get there. Um, so, uh, you know, you can imagine stuff like the MSI GT80 notebook with the mechanical keyboard. Like, that is the kind of machine that the 5950HQ will be in, those, those high-end machines. Uh, and then I think you'll fri- probably see, like, the... F- Core i7 5700 HQ, which is again a quad core hyper threaded part, um, that uh, will be in a lot of gaming machines as well because it's almost $300 less expensive, but doesn't have the Iris Pro graphics in it, right? So uh, if you're using discrete GPUs in those gaming notebooks, then you don't really need Iris Pro yeah. again. So uh, an interesting, interesting balance of stuff there. You know, they talked about the 5950HQ mobile part being able to run, you know, 1080p games like League of Legends, World of Warcraft. You know, League of Legends, they're showing 1080p high settings on 147 frames per second. It's more than um, enough. In some of the early benchmarks I saw, some other websites uh, showed it beating the Kaveri <laughs> desktop versions, at least, beating AMD's Kaveri APU, which I'm curious, Josh. We don't want to talk about it too much because we'll do our own testing eventually, but... Should that worry AMD that Intel now has an integrated graphics part that will be able to rival it performance-wise? I think it's more expensive, too, but... Yeah, it's more than double the price of their latest APU. So <clears throat> you get, what, about 5 to 10% more performance on the Intel part in graphics, and you pay 360 bucks, or you can get uh, 7870 for 149 or the 7850, which is not that much slower for 129 But... Think of the CPU performance but, differences you get too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's 
you got to look at your usage scenario. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we'll be testing more of that in the not too distant future. Um, but they, there you go. They did do that. They they announced those parts. It's so odd because we all know Skylake is coming. Broadwell quad core seems like a kind of a stopgap thing. Yeah. What it's stopping, I don't know because they don't really have any strong competition in that regard. But uh, uh, this doesn't need to be talked about much. Jeremy, anything interesting on these Asus ROG notebooks? I mean, one of them is announced at G-Sync, but the other ones did not. Yeah. You've got the one sort of fancy guy that's uh, got the G-Sync, which is kind of spiffy. And it's uh, going to be a 75 hertz 1920 by 1080 screen. On a notebook, that's pretty spiffy and yeah. i mean we know they're going to have uh haswell core i7s and almost all the models seem to have a gtx 980m discrete in them so it's going to be the i7 that makes a difference uh, as to how much you're going to it's, be paying it's interesting that model number the g751 is the same model number of the laptop we used in our testing in january yeah. but hmm. was that the jt or the jy I don't think it was either of those, and I no. think that's the designation. It was and just it gets J. a little frustrating when you're trying to figure out which one you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've also got the G501. Now, that's got to have a uh, better display, 2560 by 1440 or 3840 by 2160. Hmm. But you're not going to get the G-Sync. Yeah, so, it's, so it's... yeah. I'd really want it if it was 1440p. <laughs> you would kind of think so. I'd like really it's... want G-Sync on that panel. I don't understand their decision making with that. Probably because there will be. They might not have just been models. Might not have just been ready this, yet. This one doesn't list a discrete GPU in it, does it? But with that resolution, there's no way it's going off the iGPU. Well, I mean, if you're, I mean, it's, it's just not a game. I mean, it's called Republic it's of Gamers, laptop. so it would be yeah, that would yeah. be dumb. Unless it has Iris Pro, and that's what they're going to go with. Which I, is I can't I imagine I them putting so. the ROG brand on something with Iris Pro. Well, honestly. but then what about the uh, 552? Okay, what about that? It's one? got a discrete graphics card. They they gave us no information more than that in the <laughs> press releases. I don't think you guys heard anything more. So it's going to be the lower cost. It's going to have what is probably not going to be an i80M, and you can get an optional solid state drive. So it's going to be that's a lower cost product. Then if yeah, it's this will be the one that comes in about a grand. SSG. The yeah. other ones are not going to be a thousand dollars. Yeah. They're, they're going to be two, three times that. As with most of our Computex news, you'll see no pricing, uh, very vague release dates uh, <laughs> as well. Speaking of Asus, they also did announce the ROG Poseidon GTX 980 Ti. We don't have a picture of it yet. Sebastian posted this at my request, and it's just that's a picture of the old Poseidon. <laughs> they probably changed the design some, updated it, uh, but that is the variant that has a almost as good as their best air cooler design right. on there as and well as fittings. integrated yep. water fittings on there. Uh, if, if you're curious, you can look up the GTX 980 Poseidon that uh, Mori did a review up. Uh, yeah, the at, hybrid cooling seems to be a theme this year. It certainly does. This one's unique because it's like it's hybrid in that it's air-cooled now. It seems weird if that you want to do water cooling, you can do that It just later. seems weird that it has that really good like cooler and then the water fittings. It's almost like that could be your radiator. <laughs> yeah, cool your CPU almost, off of your video almost card. Like, <laughs> almost like that's what every other uh, video card does. Really, is that it's well, it's yeah. your radiator. It's called a heatsink. Yeah, 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 vapor chamber too. Um, 
Sebastian wrote this up. By the way, uh, shout out to Sebastian for um, yeah, he's been covering my up ass on a lot of these Computex stories. Uh, so thank thanks for his help there. Corsair Obsidian 750D Airflow Edition. I had to check on this because I could not remember. Of Corsair makes so many cases. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, I'm pretty sure 750D didn't exist. Like maybe it does. I know they had a 750. 750 sounds familiar. They had a 700. And they had an 800. Did they have a 750? No. And we looked up, and I did a video review of a Corsair yes. Obsidian series. Obsidian 750D. 750 oh. okay. uh, the Airflow Edition is essentially the same internally. What they've changed is they have uh, in, instead of having this kind of a solid panel here, it is now open. It has a what do they call it? Can like a um, like it's like thinner and like more late, like not as um, dense. Like okay, you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah, a thinner mesh. So it will be less effective as a dust filter. Yes, but, but it will, it will more be air through. more effective for letting air through. It's like when you get uh, the filters for your heating unit, right? Like yeah, you have the airflow rating, and every heating and air conditioning guy I've ever talked to always says, buy the cheap blue fiberglass ones that have the most airflow yep. because all the other HEPA ones, they're all bullcrap and they don't really stop stuff anyway. That's true. Do that. And I feel like this is the same mentality is, look, as it turns out, people just want air in their case. Mm-hmm. So we're going to open that up more and, and do that. So otherwise, I think it's identical. Well, it comes with fancy fans. Oh, it has. Oh, yeah. yeah the AF140L high yeah, airflow. You're pretty much buying the three fans and getting a case for free. <laughs> room for up to eight fans radiator compatibility like all that stuff has changed internal layout is the same um so that's 750d airflow today oh, oh this one we have an msrp 159.99 available immediately through corsair's usual retail channels hey by the way which hackathon stack do you like more kin ruby on rails or lamp i'm gonna go with the lamp because of the rabbit i like because you rabbit. love lamp i like the rabbit lamp uh Speaking of Corsair, this one we'll have a little bit more discussion on. Corsair Bulldog. They teased this on social media for a while. Mm-hmm. This is a... That's kind of cool. Okay. A bare bones... Uh, not a, it's not a home theater PC. It's a bare bones PC for the living room. And they say that because it's basically on its... Like a... a laying on it doesn't, its back. It doesn't look like a component. It. it does not. It looks like the shield. Uh, kind of. It has Just the same angle. I saw uh, uh, some people talk about it. it looked like a crab. Yeah, like it kind of has a little crab like, like It's going to walk to the side. It's going to walk off the shelf. So this is an upgradable, liquid cooled 4K gaming PC for the living room. It's a bare bones system, meaning it's not a full PC out of the box. Uh, it consists of the chassis, a motherboard, small form factor power supply, and a customized Hydro H55F series closed-loop liquid CPU cooler. So the idea is you buy this, you get your motherboard, hopefully you get your Corsair RAM, uh, you get your video card and your storage, hopefully yeah. it's Corsair SSD, and you, you, know, you buy a 4K it, radio It comes system. with the motherboard. Oh, re- oh, it does? Really? Oh, you, yeah. I just said that. Chassis, motherboard, small oh. form factor power supply. Um, it is an SFX power supply, which was a form factor I think up until now had only been made by Silverstone. At least not Corsair. Yeah, it was. I think it was invented by Silverstone. Although, maybe I'm just... I think like Cooler Master might make one, but... Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think you're right. Um, so it's called the Bulldog. You can see why it's called the Bulldog. It's low and mm-hmm. wide and muscular. I don't know if that's the case. Um 
They say it can support uh, GTX Titan X, 980-970. I also know it can support the 980 Ti. It's the same card. Go figure. Um, uh, what else do they talk about? It It supports mini ITX form factor motherboards. It will come with one. You can see here kind of how the custom water cooler works. It's actually kind of neat. Yeah. Right? Like it intelligently changes the design, I guess, to fit into that form factor mm-hmm. of system. You know, you can see the power supply back here and, and how the, the an extra fan there kind of, I guess, helping with the GPU. Here's the, the GPU water cooling kit as well. Um, I don't think that that doesn't is come with it, right? No, um, but it is available. So yeah, Corsair is marketing the Bulldog as the next step up from your typical Steam machine and game console, and the first 4K capable gaming PC designed for the living room. I think that's, that's a heck of a step up. That's that's <laughs> that's a little bit of. Uh, I mean, it's 4K capable. Any PC is 4K capable yeah. if you have a graphics card like a 980 in there, right, or a 290X or something. Um, it's it's there, uh, but so here's here it is. It's a bulldog DIY PC kit slated for release in Q4 mm-hmm. of this year. So we got a little while. MSRP of three hundred ninety nine dollars. After adding in a processor, memory, storage, and graphics, Corsair estimates completed build to start at nine forty with liquid cool graphics, um, six hundred without a dedicated GPU. I don't know why they do that. And tops out at about twenty two fifty, just depending on uh, what components you buy there. And here's kind of like a I think that's a screenshot of the video of. Looks like a Photoshop of that placement there, but you know we'll go with what we can. So, I, so for four hundred dollars, this is a good deal. One, yeah, power supply, motherboard, power supply, nice motherboard, uh, water, cooler, water cooler, yeah, liquid cooler, and the chassis. I think it's a pretty good price. Like it's not obnoxiously priced or anything. Do you like the way it looks? You said you kind of do. I, I said it would look good if your living room was like themed black and red. Like, yeah, or, or you need something that that would go with, right? Because it's kind of imposing. It, it reminds me of those buildings at the city center in Las Vegas, like the way they kind of like, yeah. you know, the shopping area where all the Versace building juts out at some yeah, weird yeah. angle. And it actually, down. it's just like that. Yeah, Josh, Jeremy, do you have uh, takes on this? Yeah, she's a cute little thing, but you're you're gonna want to hide it unless, like you say, you've got a very strange color scheme going on in your living room, and that kind of takes away from what. The, the effort that they put into the design of it. Yeah. I mean, as far as the living room PC goes, this is actually a good uh, implementation of doing it. That that cooler is almost Mori-like in its uh, the fact that it's bigger than the actual motherboard. It's yeah. Cooler. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know that many people are going to pick it up, but uh, I mean, I could see it working. Josh. Uh, yeah, it does look like a bulldog kind of squatting down, looking at you. Which yeah. it's you know uh, aesthetics. Uh, I wouldn't put it in my stack. I appreciate what they're they're doing in terms of cooling <clears throat> and power and what you can do with it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be hit and miss with uh, consumers it's like that old uh, Korean HTPC uh, that I reviewed ages ago. The clean just pretty much vomited that, but I kind of like the look at it. It's it's going to be a matter of taste. I I get the feeling that they've had that feedback a lot on this already, <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if there are some aesthetic changes to the case. Uh, I mean, if you look at this, if you look at this shot, I mean, it's clearly like there's a metal. 
structure it's inside that you could take and put the plastic you could change the plastic on relatively yeah. easily maybe they sell multiple versions of it uh, so you don't have to kind of completely revert and eat crow on your design they should you make they should make an htpc looking version of it which is like a brushed black aluminum yeah. front just like flat black because right? i because i think i think the selling point of this is not the way it looks yeah, but that it's a di that it's a that it's a bare bones kit mm-hmm. that like a lot of this is already done for you. We've for, we've designed these things. Yeah, it it doesn't have to look like like a if super I was, aggressive it, enthusiast it, yeah. case. It, you want it to be something that's going to fit in your right. Right. If I was considering that, like if I was considering a home theater PC case like that style, the horizontal kind of like laying flat thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be convenient for me. I'd be like, oh look, it comes with everything, and then I'd look at it and go, well. I don't know if I want that sitting in my stack right. of components. Like right. I don't think this would be the 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 wife acceptance. Yeah, factor the wife acceptance factor low. Is, is low. Yeah. So bachelors might love it because yes. they look like they have a head crab sitting underneath their TV. <laughs> but I I think my wife would kind of no. Go, see mm. if the color scheme was head crab, I'd be totally in. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Now now you've sold me. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's move on. Um, we talked about this a little bit. Actually, this is a different one. The Asus one I listed in that table was like a 34-something. 30, right. This is uh, apparently uh, the Asus 3800R. It's another 34-inch ultra-wide, 3440 by 1440 IPS, 21 by 9 curved G-Sync monitor. What refresh rate? Uh, they do not say. Oh. Four. <laughs> yeah, four. Uh, this is something JJ was posting about on Twitter. It's still in development. Um, oh, okay. So, but look at the look. Let me let me zoom in on this picture a little. I here. love the stand. The stand. Oh, oh, geez, Ryan. That's wow, it's a, a big picture you uploaded. Don't they uh, so there's the bottom of the stand of it. I think it looks pretty cool. It that looks, looks it, wicked. It, it looks pretty similar to what um, that LG one I have in terms of like a three point stand. But that looks way more aggressive. If, the, if that the if back have, of it is what really stands out. If though. they have that red light doing what the power light does on a Swift. Yeah, that'd be where cool. where when it's in G Sync mode, it turns red. Yeah, you know, and when it's just regular power, it's like green or something, right? That would be awesome. So if you look at this, like here's the back, and it's unfortunate part is because the back won't be seen by very many people, That's especially true. if your desk is against the wall. Uh, but it looks like uh, this is either red colored or has some glow. Maybe that looks like it glows. It clearly has height adjustment for a 34 by 21 by 9 monitor. We haven't yep. really seen that yet. Um, it's got it's uh, it's. Glow, it's putting a glow on the ground yeah, underneath it's there. It's down, downward firing. That's it's got underglow, as Ken is saying, like like yeah. Ken's Honda Civic. He clearly drives all over the place. Um, ground effect. You can see the buttons here, like the little joysticks for OSD control would be my guess. Uh, and then there are maybe that's what that is. I don't know what. Those yeah, those are the then. buttons for the OSD. I would hope so. That might be the uh, latch to. Is it like a visa mount release or something? Maybe there might be. Know. These the are back's st- got some cool patterns. It's got cool like patterning. Yeah, and you never will see any of it. Instead, you will see this. Instead, you will see the front. <laughs> right You'll still now, see the if this red is light. true, like this super thin bezel, but now there could be like some dead space. It's like the, the glass, guns from but... Portal. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the I little tripody. I think that know, looks lights. awesome. Oh yeah. I just don't know if I believe that it will come out looking like that. They've clearly said that it's an in-development thing. I hope so. I hope they make a stand that, that looks like that. that it really that something like that. 34-inch QHD, 3440 by 1440. Uh, but this is interesting. They say in uh, in the, one of the press releases that it had G-Sync technology as well, but it has extensive connectivity options that include DisplayPort and HDMI. Interesting. If G-Sync 2.0? 
maybe, or maybe they're implementing a separate, a separate scaler that enables them to have other connectivity options. There's the, there's, a, there's the only there's the only two options. Yeah, but I think this far into it, we're more likely to see G Sync two. Maybe either either a new version of G Sync will support multiple inputs. Yeah. Uh, or they're going to use two different scalers to allow them, and like you can bypass the G Sync if you want to use HDMI. Yeah, it just seems like a long way Because you know around. AMD uh, just uh, <clears throat> sync with HDMI. You're gonna have to say that again because your internet sucks. My internet does suck, but AMD just showed at uh, Computex free sync over HDMI. I saw that. Uh, Interesting. And I got an email from Robert Halleck about that saying that they demonstrated a prototype of free sync working over HDMI partnering okay. with Realtek. Um, no standards or anything in place. Yeah, like I, all this was overriding a bunch of other stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you can do variable refresh rate over HDMI. You just need the right stuff in place on both ends. In so. AMD's case, you need a standard, or in NVIDIA's case, you need to have your GSIC module work with HDMI. Yep. And here's a secret. don't t- If you work in NVIDIA, turn off the podcast. They originally had that working, <laughs> and they just decided it was too much work to validate, too. That's true. So, like, it's it definitely works. Like, you could do it. Yeah. Um. They just didn't, and maybe this will push NVIDIA to do it, and maybe this monitor announcement already says that they do do it, or will do it in the future. I mean, I can I see that there just be less motivation to do it. Like, if you're going to do it, oh, sure. and, and you're, if you were going to pick one, DisplayPort was just the logical choice uh, at that point. Yes. You know. And time to market. That's going to be kind of key, especially yep. since G-Sync was not exactly... Well, it may have been on their schedule, but it wasn't on ours. None, neither of the VRR schedules have been good. NVIDIA's has been bad. AMD's was worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what but, is the real... But it's not good. Like, assuming that it way. would do variable refresh rate over HDMI, what is, do we really need that that badly? It's just HDMI 2.0. It just gives more flexibility for different priced panels and different, okay. you know, just different designs. Maybe you, that helps you get into TVs. Faster that don't have display port. I guess you know there's some of that to be said for that. Variable refresh rate on a TV would be nice. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Mac or PC? Which is better for coding? Coding. Yeah, for coding. Hmm. The answer will shock you. I'm going to go ahead and say PC. Click. No, look, the guy's coding right there. He's running Linux. Eat that, Mac. You chose PC. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what else we got? What's right. next on here? Uh, oh, godlike. 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 Yep. <laughs> Jeremy. Monster. Do I need to go to church or something? What? Tell me about the MSI X99A Godlike gaming motherboard. It certainly oh, looks it, interesting. It's it's a very subtle motherboard. They're, they don't have a lot of pride <laughs> in this thing. <laughs> well, why did they choose I, to go I with the, the devil colors? Quote because. You know, well, you know what? This motherboard was uh, was featured in in the recent movie Kung Fury with that color scheme and bling. Mm-hmm. I Which, see. if you haven't watched, you have to watch. I've it been told I need to see that. Things yeah. I've seen in a long uh, time. You said if I if I liked uh, Kung Pao, I would like this, right? If if you just like things, Kung, Kung Pao was funny. Yeah. Kung Fury is brilliant. But so this will be the world's first RGB LED motherboard. That's so awesome. not only does it actually house <laughs> components and run them, it glows, and you can make it breathe, flash. And even wave at you. What, what wave? I'm not sure what wave. Oh, maybe it's just like the LEDs, like oh. cycle. Uh, yeah, it chase. It's like, it's it's like chase, maybe. Okay. I, so I, I actually think the idea of an RGB lit motherboard is awesome. Yeah. 
like we've seen RGB keyboards, we're going to see RGB mice, people talk about RGB uh, uh, mouse pads and stuff. But, but is everything that's red on that motherboard red because the LEDs yeah, are lit no. red? That's the unfortunate no. part. Oh. That's the unfortunate part is that they had to pick a color scheme and they went with red. So if you have red body styling and then you put on blue LED lights. They should have just done like yeah. semi-transparent, I mean, some kind of plastic. if you've got the bulldog color scheme going in your house, this will fit perfectly. <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm going to call it from now on, the bulldog color scheme. Like, yeah, they should have just done like some kind of transparent plastic. I agree. Thing. I agree. Or all black or something like that or put yeah. some white in there that reflects back the right. color. Yeah, I agree. The idea of an R, like RGB controllable lighting system for motherboard is pretty awesome. That's nice, but they ruined it with the for, red. For people who want to put that motherboard you know, in a window, you would do that. You would specifically go for RGB because you're going for a custom color. Yep. Right. And you're stuck with red. Well, you don't have to. Well, you just get another motherboard. Well, well, you don't have RGB color. then. Or you rip off all the red pieces. You rip off all the plastic of this. You could paint it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could chisel it away. (laughs) I don't know if I do that, but... Scrape it right off. For anyone who's actually interested, it does have, for some reason, two killer nicks in it. Uh, I, I, and the killer nick. Oh, right. It's wireless. got the killer Wi-Fi, too. So you can bound them all together to have 2.5 gigabit of network bandwidth. Yeah. I don't know how the hell that works, but... I don't yeah, know. I, I think the answer is it does gigabit not. Gigabit ports. <laughs> the wireless... I don't. I don't know. That's. I, I. I. think that's pretty cool. I just. They need to change the color. The coloring idea there. Yeah. Let's complain about the coloring instead of the actual network implementation, okay. which you actually use. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> MSI GT72 gaming notebook with G Sync and eye tracking. Uh, it's a G Sync notebook with uh, GeForce GTX 980M graphics, eight gigs of memory on there, which is crazy. Seventeen point three inch screen. 1080p, they don't mention refresh... Oh, they do. 75 hertz refresh rate on that. Um, what is the eye-tracking thing? Is that the Intel camera uh, thing? I'm trying to remember the piece of technology you can get that does this. Uh, Arma Fanatics actually use this Toby? because when they're flying a helicopter or a plane, just doing that nope, not is that. enough to actually change the, not that. where you're looking. I don't think it's that. Oh, you're thinking you, about You should IR. ask Sheldon. He knows. Or do you think this is like the the research this keeping is, an eye on where I, you're looking? I, I saw they had like some sort of demo, and they were like using your eyes to control the camera in a game. It seemed not the best. It's 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 an eye tracking company yep. called Toby Technology. T O B I I. Oh, that's not the one I'm thinking of. A fully of. integrated eye tracking notebook, and they don't really go into more on what that is, uh, but it could be an implementation of something like Track IR. That uses like an infrared. That's what I was Track R uses an infrared light on like a visor you wear, and as oh, you turn your head, man. it moves the camera and like pans left and right and up and down. But if they could do that with eye tracking, that'd be cool too. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I expect they're doing. Yeah. Could be cool if it works. I don't know if it will, but I'm hopeful. That's uh, that's on the GT72. Moving on past that, uh, Micron showed 16 nanometer TLC flash. They didn't show it. At Computex? Oh, they didn't? They just announced it? They just it. announced it. So yeah. what? Not only that, but they make it on 600 millimeter wafers. Double the size. I fixed that. It was a typo. <laughs> like five times the area. <laughs> Let's think about that. How many dies can you stick you on can a Actually, yeah, that would be the wafer. key. That would be the key to making... So uh, Micron's making 16 nanometer. They already were making 16 nanometer. They're making, oh, it's TLC. They're making triple level cell. Uh, and they're not, they're not increasing the capacity per die. They're just shrinking... The die size, 
Yep. Right. So that they could fit more dies on a wafer. Right. So the idea is, you know, lower production costs, that sort of thing. Um, I think it was like 28% more or something. 28% yeah. savings in die area. Yep. So Targeted um, for use in applications that value performance and reliability, but where cost per gigabyte is their first and foremost consideration. Yeah. So like everybody listening to this podcast. So basically consumer, well, because realize, you know, the endurance of TLC is obviously lower than MLC. This yeah. is still, this is not 3D flash. It's not through any kind of vertical, like, you know, Okay, thing. so it would be the same TLC that Samsung used on the 840 Evo. Because the 850 uh, was 3D TLC. It be, it's not the same TLC. It's the same it says type. TLC. It's yes. So it's 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 equivalent like generationally sure. to what sure. they did it's on the planar, 840. Evo. It's the, it's basically yeah. the smallest planar flash that probably anybody's going to go before they switch to 3D. Okay. Right. Um, so they're doing this. I'm surprised it took them this long to do it, but uh, they just decided, I guess, to maybe kind of fill a gap. For a little while, because yeah. they're not doing full it 3D. It says uh, it's in production, available now. Micron has been sampling the partners and yep. will enable consumer SSD solutions based on this technology to come to market this fall. So usually, when we see something like announced it's the new process tech, it takes a lot longer yeah. than that. So, well, uh, they have to re-engineer how the chip is, like the design of the chip, in order to do a shrink, right? Because they didn't shrink the process node; they right. restructured how the NAND is like arranged in order to compensate for the fact that triple level cell, you get more bits gotcha. per cell, right? So they had to re-engineer it to have less, you know, horizontal space taken up mm-hmm. to, you know, shrink down the design, right? Um, so that probably took them a little while, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I'm just excited that it's coming out of Micron because, like, the Micron Flash tends to be cheap in the crucial branded SSDs, which is Micron, right, already, like the MLC stuff. Right. Those are the ones that run, like, 40 cents a gig. Yep. Right. So even so cheaper, cheaper. I want to see those go even cheaper. Ten right? cents per gig. Oh, great! Now he's saying ten. That's going to take a little while. Ten into this year. No, ten cents per gig. That's not going to happen by the I end bet of it this happens. Year. Write okay. this down, people listening. I think it's going to be twenty-five cents. Ten by the end of the year per gig. Twenty-five cents per gig at the end of the year. I think we'll be lucky to hit thirty. But that's ten cents. <clears throat> But I'm closer than Ryan. That's all the counts. Let's go to the next thing. We won't know who's closer until we get there. Lee and Lee desk <laughs> chassis. Yeah, more black and red. Captain Obvious. More black and red. <laughs> the team that scores the most points usually wins. Look at that monstrosity. So, uh, Bulldog meet desk chassis. Um, <laughs> this is uh, it's Lee and Lee. What the hell is this called? The Desk chassis? Desk, is this called desk chassis? Yeah, it is. DK Q2. Q2. That's a very Lian Lee model number. It is. It, it is. is. Uh, from the previous desk chassis, aluminum body and tempered glass surface highlight the minimalism of this practical fusion of desk and chassis. The, up, the updates cool. on this new model add simplicity to system building, more refined aesthetics and ergonomics, new thinner body, and stronger adjustable legs to add to the look and work. So you can sit on your table. The chat is and, asking. And I can see the handles, but I don't see the foosball yeah, players. Yeah, the chat is asking if those are foosball handles. Yeah, but it actually just, on the wrong side. It just hits the side of the GPU. <laughs> it just the, that's how guy. that's how you like overclock it or not. So I mean, you can see the size here. Like you've got your USB uh, ports here on the thing. I, I think it's a really cool idea. Oh, um, are there USB? Yeah, oh, yeah. See, it's those not little the first. tiny tiny blue things. I know it's not the first, but uh, is it the first? Like notice that's the legs on it. Thing? Can the legs on it are the same design as the legs on the side of this table? That's because like, it's probably made all of aluminum, knowingly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then they also have the uh, dual system chassis. Oh, yeah. Look at that video card that they use in that picture. 
Is that Wait, a, that's like a that's a is that a fifty-eight seventy? That's, that's like a bat, fifty-eight ninety. That's the Batman yeah, that's card. That's one of the old Bat cards. That's the Batman card. Yeah, we've got one in our. I've set. got one right behind me. If, if you want if me to Josh get Josh has it. one, no, then you know it's old. I don't. I don't know. The pricing the availability has not been announced. PC08 dual compartment chassis. Go figure. All right, moving on. Uh, Zotac announced a Titan X Arctic Storm graphics card. Looks like that. This is kind of like the uh, the hybrid cooler stuff that we talked about with what was it the Poseidon on the Asus, where you've got three fans, massive, and you also have uh, a water block to integrate into your custom water cooling loop if you want to do that. This is interesting. It's a Titan X. I am almost positive they will release one if they have not already for the uh, 980 Ti as well. Um, this is the kind of stuff that annoys me, though. Factory overclocking the GPU to by only 26 megahertz base clock. You put this massive cooler on there with these three fans, and you it's obviously you can't the, guarantee it's going to be water cooled. It's because but, of the voltage thing. No, EVGA has an air cooled card that has a base clock of like 1150 oh. or something like that. You can definitely go higher than 1026 on these. So, well, it's kind of interesting because I'm testing <clears throat> one of the Zotac GTX 970s with the uh, what is it, the Amp Extreme. Mm-hmm. Put an exclamation mark in there. Uh, it's clocked way, 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 way high in, in boost, <clears throat> but you can't overclock it much over that. So maybe they're making you feel a little bit better about yourself. Uh, I can Clocking raise it, it down. Like, hey, I, I had that two hundred megahertz on this. Yeah. Well, it, it's like trickle down feel better because that's why yes. Nvidia keeps their clocks lower so that they can give it to their partners and be like, here. See if you can figure out how to make this go faster, and then they do. Next to the partners will be underclocking the cards so that you can get even more of an overclock out of them. What a yeah. selling point. Overclocks by the most percentage. 600 megahertz core <laughs> clock on this video card. You can get a gigahertz overclock out of it. All right, Alan, tell me about the OCZ Tryon. Uh, Tryon is going to be a uh, TLC SSD out of OCZ, not using... A wow, is that too many three-letter acronyms? It was. TLAs. Um... <laughs> It's going to use a Toshiba controller. Right. Toshiba's making their own in-house controller, usually Toshiba SSDs in the past, which we haven't reviewed any of, ever, because they typically don't sample. That's Toshiba's. They're, they're OEM. You know, they're, they're all pure OEM stuff, right? But the, even they, in the past, have like rebranded other like Marvell and whatnot controllers, right? This is the first... Uh, what is the name of that thing? Uh, Alishan, if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably controller. Not. Uh, so it uses some, uh, kind of like, it borrows some enterprise tech, uh, that Toshiba was using called, uh, quadruple swing by code error correction, which is supposed to be like, sweet. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Interesting name. I'll tell but you, if they more have more acronyms in here. Yeah. You may have to QSBC. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it looks like a decent SSD. We have, we have some benchmark p- pictures of benchmarks that had been run on the screen there at Computex. Uh, but that's not really, you know... I mean, it, it looks, looks like normal SSD results. It looks like straight. decent SATA. Um, I think this is actually like SLC cache TLC. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So kind of like a Evo style, uh, if you will. Layout. Gotcha. I mean, um, this auto run shows 561 read, 526 yeah. write. Mm-hmm. The 526 write's pretty high. It is, but it's probably... An add-on run would only be touching that SLC cache the whole time. Gotcha. So, uh, including for the reads. Gotcha. Like the reads so wouldn't even be from pro- the TLC. Pro- appropriately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there's that. And then we also got an actual look at um, the Z Drive 6000 and Z Drive 6300. 
NVMe. So this is NVMe. It's that SSF or SFF eighty six thirty nine connector. Same kind of deal as like hot the, pluggable. Uh, well, because is it's it surprise hot pluggable? Right. Uh, it, actually, that would be surprise hot removal. <laughs> Everything it's PCI, for me is because it's PCI Express. Um, On that quad swing by. Uh, yeah, so these they're, they're selling they're selling all the way up to three point two terabytes though. So that's that's a lot of terabytes. That's a lot of terabytes to fit in that little up case. Up to two point nine gigs per second, not too bad. And then uh, that's the six thousand series. What's the sixty three hundred? Sixty three hundred. Uh, the picture is kind of misleading. Sixty three hundred is also available in that two and a half inch form factor. Oh, it's not just sticking out the back. With the uh, Adam card, no. it is kind of look like that, doesn't it? It, it? it is not. It is that is a restructuring of all the. It's just just like how the Intel, you know, that's a heat SSD right seven there. or yeah, SSD thirty seven hundred. It goes up to six point four terabytes. Yes, uh, that's for the add-in card, right? Um, and it won't be ten cents a gig. And the the sixty three hundred series, <laughs> the sixty three hundred series is supposed to just basically be higher endurance flash, so you can do. The 6000 series is only like one drive write per day for every day for five years. The 6300 is three drive writes per day every day for five years. So just so you could draw, you could write over 18 terabytes of data to it every day. Eight, where, are you, where are you seeing 18? You said three times, three drives, yes. right? Six terabytes. You could write 18 terabytes to that drive. It's just math. Every day for five years. <laughs> Who's watching the game? Somebody. Sorry. I saw <laughs> like a vine. <clears throat> oh, I see. Somebody's Ooh. finding little segments of the game. Yeah. <laughs> We're boring, Josh. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving Are you on. done with the Z series? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, Synaptics has a, has, a, has a space bar. You're not showing. I am not showing the right thing. Uh, Synaptics has a space bar. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, that you can stroke. Yeah, tell me about this, press. Jeremy. What do I do with to stroke my space bar? Well, what you do with your space bar on your own time is totally private. Uh, they're talking about using it essentially like a touchpad. So you can use it to switch pages. There's will be a pinching movement uh, if you want to zoom in on something or zoom out. But they've got five separate touch-sensitive areas. And it'll come with a macro editing utility. So it could come in handy for RTS guys. Uh, StarCraft could bind a hell of a lot of things to that little bar. Hmm. First person shooting, I mean, you could put, as they show there, you know, slide to weapon select, rate of fire control, reload, shoot. It's it, it's a touchpad on a space bar. I, 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 I like the idea. Yeah. I, I guess I if you were playing WASD. Like, cause you don't really jump thumb. with the space bar anymore, right? Right. Yeah, you're gonna need a fair sized thumb though if you want to reach. Well, your you could still bar. you could still yes. jump with your spacebar. You can still jump like by depressing Pressing it, the spacebar, yeah. and then you could use a swipe essentially on the keyboard on that spacebar. That could be a reload, else, like a swipe to the right or swipe to the left, something that would not be normally accessible from a WAS yeah. position. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. buy it. I mean, it's yeah. just another input option, right? You add it to your mouse scroll wheel options and sure. and, and the 17 buttons on your mice sides and. <laughs> You can do some interesting stuff with that. Because uh, Synaptics last year showed us at CES, or this year's CES, wasn't it like the the touchpad on the keyboard? Like each key was touch sensitive? It's something like that. That's a much kinda, smaller area to yeah. do anything with, but that should be interesting. What are they calling this? The smart bar. That's a good yep. name. Huh? That's a good name. Smart bar. Smart bar. Smart bar. So you can caress your smart bar with your Couchmaster. 
Thanks, Yokel. Uh, oh. You just stole that from the chat. Is that what you said? Exactly. He's, he's crowdsourcing. Oh, yeah. You're crowdsourcing yeah. your jokes now. <clears throat> I want everybody to give a thumbs down to that one. In the in exactly. The, uh, Okay, we're out of Computex news. We got just a handful of other things we're going to mention here, real fast. The rumor about Fiji, AMD Fiji, is that they're going to call it Fury, like ATI Radeon, Rage Fury Max, Radeon Nick Fury, Fury? Radeon Nick Fury. They should oh. just call it Rage, which would make sense. Remember, I kept saying like they can't. They they've got an OEM R nine three ninety. It's essentially an R9285. Yeah. What do they get? If they can't call Fiji 390 and 390X, it's too confusing. Are they 999. Apparently, they may call it like the AMD Radeon Fury and Fury Max. Okay. And I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Be really Go bad. back to the old box art, too. Yeah, the old box art <laughs> is important there. Yes. From early 2000. <laughs> Uh, and, and it makes sense. Like you go against uh, the Titan, which is like a name yeah. brand as opposed to a nu- numeric brand. Uh, so there's that rumor. Uh, we got this video as well as a tease for Fiji. Um, and they give a date of uh, June 16th, 2015. Uh, so we know what day it's going to be announced at the very least. And it's a little stuttery on the stream, but it's not on my screen here. But they're... They have this little CG video of a video card lighting up that very much looks like the ones that have been leaking out over the past several months. So we kind of have an idea of what that's going to be. And then we also have this bad boy picture here that shows uh, I think how the, big that die is. This is, is Lisa big. holding up a Fiji chip. Now but she's not large. No, she's not. Uh, so this is a this is approximately seventy by seventy for the whole chip. Do we call that a chip? Substrate. Yeah, but I mean, the whole thing is a chip, right? Mm, there's four. Well, multiple chips. No, but those are die. Well, that's a chip. You got four die, one interposer, one substrate, and that's a load of capacitors and some sweet looking HPM. Yeah, so what you got here is the – it's interesting because you've got like the normal green of the substrate here. This golden color stuff is the interposer. Yep. Right? You've got one, two, three, four stacks of HBM, and this is your actual Fiji die right here. Um, so now you can get an idea of how this illustration that we showed you uh, last week or the week before maps out to an actual product, mm-hmm. right? So you've got four stacks of memory here. I'm going to guess one gigabyte each. This is a four gigabyte chip uh, you know you can GPU. call it a package that is one there you go. package package. package okay you Makes know I'll call it a yeah. package package uh and like i said based on the stuff from this that's 70 by 70 which works out to what 490 no wait Forty-nine thousand. no how four... many square millimeters is that if it's 70 millimeters by 70 millimeters 700 by 700 are you counting 70 by 70 you're counting also the memory space right 4900 Sorry, 4,900 4, square oh, meters square. square. Mm. That's a large the space. Math is hard. But you know. it's a large space, but way less than uh, a typical GPU and its package with all the memory and its DRAM, package yeah. around all the D- individual DRAMs around yeah. it as well. So it's, it's, really, it's really cool looking just to see it like that in, uh, in final implementation. Obviously, when you get it on the, on the graphics card, it'll have a uh, heat, uh, spreader, heat over spreader over it. it. So you won't actually get access to that without breaking some shit. So People will do it. Please don't do yep. that. They'll be lapping it. Maury. I imagine, Josh, you think it's possible if I just, if I buy two of these and I cut, like if you look at this picture, if I cut off one of these HBM stacks, 
Uh-huh. And then, like, I take it to the other one. I kind of, like, just push it down. Oh, sure. That'll work. In right. Yeah, sure. What if you use a heat gun? If you get a really nice... If you get a really nice hand drill, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and make some new TSVs. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to make there. the holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Copper in regular Dremel, you'll be, set. be just fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. got, I've, I don't have, I don't have copper, but I have uh, like buckets Aluminum. of rust. Oh. Yeah, oh, okay. I can just sprinkle yeah, down in there. That's thermite. No, but it's separated still. No, so the thermite's in a different part of the garage. Oh, okay. Thermite's not mixed together. You keep the just make sure you don't and don't accidentally mix it. The aluminum and the rust separate. Okay. I don't think that would get hot enough to ignite. I don't think that's going to get magnesium burning hot. Hmm. I hope not. Um, so that's pretty cool, right? They're, they, I tell you what, AMD has done a fantastic job of just pulling people along. <laughs> like, here's a little bit more information. That's here's true. a teaser video. That's true. Here's a logo. Here's HPM. Here's they a need picture to release of the, the damn thing. Um, and I have, I have this sneaking suspicion that on the 16th, they're going to announce it, and they're going to be like, you can buy it in multiple weeks from now. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that impression. But uh, we'll see. Hey, this is new technology, and I'll it tell you, they can fabricate the chips, they can fabricate the interposer, but getting them all together and work, I think that has been a challenge. You think so? Yeah. I, I, I want them to succeed. I want this to be a good part. I want it to be high performance. I want it to be mm-hmm. uh, power efficient. I want it to force NVIDIA to go, oh, man, 650 for the 980 Ti. we got to lower that down hey, to do, 550. Do you remember yeah. back in the day? Sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. How big of a problem Intel had getting the Pentium Pro to no. to have good yields because of the two different dyes. I mean, it's totally different technology. Oh, right, yeah. But think of, of when that first came out, how expensive those chips were and how few they were able to make successfully. Yeah. 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 Pentium it's Pro. It's fairly equivalent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. They have certainly put a lot of hype into this, so it needs to deliver. There are a ton of people. If you read through comments and forums, some people saying, "I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's almost here." Now there's a date, an official date. Like we all kind of assumed it was going to be. They keep hyping it the way they do, though. E3. It really better be good. I like. I agree 100. percent I mean, like, yeah. I agree 100. It better be available. I hope they're hyping it, it for the right reasons. And it can't just be what I what I'm I'm kind of I'm a little bit worried. I keep seeing people on Twitter talk about innovation and we're the innovators and we're doing things first and we created this standard we have to develop the standard it can't just be that it has hbm so it's better right question mark it has to be it has hbm and it's better period and yeah it has to demonstrate that so i want that to be the case uh amd did release a new driver 15.5 beta for anybody who is uh playing project cars or witcher 3 oh, that fixed the tesselation stuff uh yeah they, they updated some performance there. Project Cars, they saw up to 17% performance increase on single GPU stuff. That's a huge increase for single GPU. Yeah. Uh, so all that hubbub around Project Cars seems to have been resolved um, with that. So uh, that's good news for AMD and its fans. And we'll finish up with uh, new Intel Nooks coming Braswell-powered, which is – what is this? This is the – Celeron Pentium branded parts that have TDPs at six watts, right? <laughs> so um, put a solar panel on the top of the thing. These are next generation atoms, essentially. Okay, right. Uh, everything else about the Nooks is is very similar. Uh, no support for MSATA. Okay, right? so you're looking at is at, it M.2? Uh, yeah, it's going to be M.2, right? Okay. No, wait. Let's no. say a mini PCIe slot for the wireless module and one. Two and a half inch hard driver SSD. 
Sounds like SATA. Looks like no <clears throat> M.2. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the cheaper lower-end model. They should be able it. to do M SATA. Because that's just a different yeah, physical. I don't see that listed. This is again. This is all leaks. This isn't anything mm. official yet. Um, right. Like there's also like an optional VGA cutout on this as well. But again, again, looking at the price points, you'll probably see this at um, two point one gigahertz. One forty nine. I mean, it should be the cheapest yeah. nook you can buy. I would hope. Both are reportedly available on June eighth, starting at one hundred forty dollars and one hundred eighty dollars respectively. Yes. I don't know if I believe that date based on. The lack of information that we've gotten on yeah. that stuff. So, um, well, it'll be out before the Skylake yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, speaking of which, Intel Nook with six-gen Skylake specifications leaked. Um, what's interesting in here, Jeremy? Uh, Core i3 model, Core i5 model, 15 watt TDP, M.2 storage. Faster, better processors, is I guess, is what we're looking at here. You know, I still don't understand why they are releasing Broadwell when Skylake is so damn close. New Broadwell parts, that is. But we're not going to have quad-core Skylake at launch, so... Well, I guess you go. (laughs) Yeah, so this is Q4 2015, they're saying, for uh, the release of Swift Canyon, which Mm. will be the uh, Swift, because it's fast, like Skylake. So... Again, gives you an idea of how quickly things will move there. Um, so we'll see. Out of the box, the Skylake Nook is actively cooled with fanless cases from ACASA, HDPlex, Streamcom, and Cirrus 7 are to be expected. That kind of already exists now. I just don't know how well-received the aftermarket market yeah. is for, for Nook devices. Um, let me go to my next page here. Oh, there is one more thing. We don't have picks of the week this week because we're running so late, but... Uh, Jeremy desperately wanted me to include this pick of the week, so I'm going to throw this in here for him about Steam allowing refunds as our last story of the day. And that's all there is to say about it. So, Jeremy, what about refunds for Steam? Well, you get two weeks or two hours of game time. Uh, If you decide in that time that you accidentally bought this game or just (laughs) hate it, or... Or if it goes on sale, right? Overextended uh, your 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 PC's ability to play a game to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna need an upgrade for this one, or you're really pissed because you just bought it and then the next day it went on sale. You've got as long as you haven't played the two hours, two weeks to return it, full refund, no questions asked whatsoever. So if you bought it and played it for two hours and one minute, and then the next day it went on sale, you can't. You're screwed. Correct. Uh, that's but if you played it for one fifty nine ninety nine, they should separate that out so that it should just be two weeks flat if it goes on sale. Yeah, you bought it well, because you like it. You're going to play it for more than two hours. Now, then now it goes on sale three days later. You're advocating Steam take on the tax code of the United States <laughs> when buying. Yes. Now, if if you hit this uh, benchmark, then you have this amount of time to. Yeah, we don't want IRS or... style rules for Steam purchases. No, so, uh, look. They don't. They should. But I don't think. I think there's, there's some a, danger to it. Yeah, a lot of developers portal. are complaining the about first it. First portal, you could beat that in under two hours, no problem. Probably not your first place. Not your first time. No, maybe not. Then maybe no, maybe there are better examples. There are plenty of games that are short experiences that Lost are like Coast. six, six dollars, <laughs> ten dollars. They're going to be one to two It'd hour Lost games. Coast okay. And so yeah. the the thing is, the Steam has like it's a blanket policy. Yeah. So, uh, 
if if I make a 90-minute gaming experience that I want to sell for $5 because I think that's a good value, then people could buy it and return it and take advantage of it. Mm. Right? Not a big deal for the EAs and Ubisofts of the world because they're big companies. Yeah, it's a bigger feels deal bad for the for small indie it's guys. It's a bigger deal for the, for the smaller guys. Especially the guys that opt not to go with Steam DRM where you can literally just install it, move it to a different folder, demand your money back, and still have a full install of that that's game. True. Oh, yeah. So please, people, don't do it. Don't be buttheads. If you're going to be a kind of an arse, just torrent it and just go straight out. Which programming language do you wish your team would standardize? Python, .NET, JavaScript, or Ruby? Anything but Java. Because JavaScript isn't Java. I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Python because I hate Python. Yeah, I did that. Uh, so that's going to be uh, it for the show tonight. It's been a long one, but it's been informative. And I think we've all had a lot of fun. So tonight was longer, harder, and uncut. And hot removed. Yes. We'll still edit it. We'll still cut it because, I mean, let's be realistic here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be like 10 minutes on YouTube. Yeah. He's All actually, actually going to cut it down to an hour and 12 minutes yeah. still. So <laughs> figure yeah. that part out. A little bit later. Uh, quick reminders, guys. PCPro.com slash podcast. That's where you can find all the back episodes, how to subscribe to the RSS. You can find links to the YouTube videos and the, and the channels there. Keep an eye out for uh, another uh, giveaway. Yeah, we'll start another giveaway at the end of this week. It'll be a very good one. You will not want all our giveaways to are miss good. all of our good, all giveaways are good. And yeah, I did post a picture on my Twitter account of like 20, I think 21 or 22 boxes that I took to FedEx today that were like... Stuff from the Logitech contest, stuff from the Intel contest, uh, Asus contest, finally getting all that stuff out the door. Uh, so lots of prizes going out to people. So if you're expecting something from me, um, just wait a little bit longer, please. And also, international shipping sucks. Yeah. When you have to spend $75 to ship something to Great Britain. One thing. That's when you use the USPS. It's much less expensive, it's, but it'll get it there was, in three months. It was $58. Mm. It's postal <sighs> service to get there. So it wasn't that much less, and I had all the other stuff already ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, anyway, PCPro.com slash podcast, PCPro.com slash subscribe. Was the stuff in the box worth that much? Oh, yeah, everything was oh. worth more than $75. Uh, I didn't ship okay. anything to Europe that was like a mouse. It was okay. uh, The one that I'm thinking of was, uh, was one of the 400-gig PCI 750 okay. SSDs. So, yeah, it, it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just checking. So, it's a t-shirt. So there's that. Yeah, it's a t-shirt. $25 shipping fee. What? Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, and don't forget, uh, before the next podcast, we are going to have another live stream with Tom Peterson from NVIDIA. He'll be out here to talk about 980 Ti, G-Sync, um, GameWorks VR, and answer any questions that we have about uh, mobile G-Sync and new G-Sync monitors and stuff. So it should be interesting. Um, and uh, that's going to be it, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this extremely long Waiting for Josh. No, extremely long and curved episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. Goodbye. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm the Jeremy Holstrom part of the quadruple swing by. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. Oh, video viewers, you get the best version of the podcast. <laughs>